What's good, everyone? <laughs> Welcome to Tokaku's channel this time. For once, I'm not on my own channel. And today we're just going to be doing a podcast. Yeah. No name, just uh, an ordinary podcast. <laughs> hey, everyone. I actually, I should say hello, everybody. Everybody has been complaining that I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> okay, so hello, everybody. In today's video, actually not a video, it's a podcast. This is the first time I'm holding a podcast on my channel. Uh, we've, <laughs> Me and Nathan actually have had a podcast together before. It's on his channel, and I'll be linking that in the description. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I really recommend that you guys watch that one because we go through quite a number of things that's i think it's quite interesting although it is quite everywhere hopefully this time will be more concise oh yeah <laughs> like i had a timestamp like every three minutes or something oh no i think that's that's what keeps it fun though uh today we have eight on my, ch on my channel and um unfortunately this video has no subtitles i will try my best to subtitle this later although it will be <laughs> oh no <laughs> but all right okay so let me introduce who eight is first uh, is, am I pronouncing it correctly, by the way? I don't even pronounce it right technically because it's a French word. It's like Etienne or something like that. It, it, someone will look it up themselves, <laughs> but I pronounce it Etienne. It's very easy to say it like that the American way, since <laughs> that's the only way I'm familiar with. But The freest way. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so. so Anyway, work. Yeah. All right. So this is Etienne. And honestly, I've I noticed in my latest few videos, I actually have been referencing him a lot because lately his videos are fire. So who is Etienne? Well, why don't you introduce yourself then? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the best way to summarize my channel is that I just, I like rhythm games and I like making videos that I want to make. That's pretty much the, that's pretty much what you're going to see with my channel. Um, whenever, like the, the main premise of my channel is that, you know, you're not really sub to anyone who's just making content because they want to get popular. You know, like you're sub to a real ass dude who just likes rhythm games. So. I love the font in your videos, dude. I oh, the um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's called like Hobo Standard. I think it's called. Wait, is that I'm the pretty sure font? That's what it's called. Yeah, it's a so Premiere has their like own fonts that are like custom made more or less. Mm -hmm. And I still I I would just run through them because my thumbnails back in the day were all over the place because I don't know I just didn't like using the same font. I was weird with that. But then I found one I really liked that was that was very cartoonish, very stood out very well and. Yeah, the rest is history. It gives your videos a flair. Your videos are mostly rhythm games, although I noticed that it's mostly Eterna, right? So, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, so most of my content is surprisingly not Eterna related. I mean, I always stream Eterna because mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about the game and improving and trying to push the boundaries of the game like in the way I possibly could. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I've just been following other rhythm games on and off since like, I want to say around 2016, 2015. Uh, not many people really knew I even followed those games. So it was a pretty big surprise when I made my first Clone Hero or Guitar Hero documentary or even an OC documentary. People were like, who, who the hell is this guy? Like, how does he know <laughs> well, all these I, things? I agree. Oh, man. When you're an OC YouTuber because you made one video on OC. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing Spaz's video about that. Yeah. And I forget. I forget who sent me it, and I was like, "Osu tuber." I was like, "I don't. I don't know if I'm that." <laughs> Good to know. Welcome to the club. <laughs> no, I really like your channel, though. As in, well, pretty much the biggest reason why I wanted to at least have like another episode with you is because one, I really like talking to you, and two, um, I don't feel like just speaking on my channel about you now and then is just not enough. To be honest, uh, I want to have a full episode <laughs> where I actually talk about you because you are definitely right. the most underrated like rhythm game YouTuber right now, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate that. It's very nice. Oh yeah, like uh, I had a friend who uh, who was talking to me, and uh, we were actually on the train while we was we were talking to each other, and uh, I think you, the, you came up as a topic, and you and my friend said, "Yeah, I really like Atian's videos," and my favorite part is that how genuine <laughs> they feel because they they are like scuffed in the 2010 way. Yeah, I mean, I have a pretty ghetto setup to be fair <laughs> i mean how do i put this it's like it's scuffed in let's say like how it feels the f the feeling comes across as very 
2010. But you can tell that because it's like, it, it doesn't aim to be professional. So the somehow the message comes across mm-hmm. way clearer. It's something right, like yeah. back then tutorials. My editing style is meant to be pretty simplistic. I don't like, it's not that I don't like complex editing. I think if it's, you know, done well, it's completely fine. But I don't know. I just like to keep everything pretty simple and to the point because I think if you can do that and translate it to an audience that isn't familiar with what you do or what you like to talk about, I think that can, you know, pay dividends in the future. <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm sure most of your audience and well, I'm a part of your audience. <laughs> appreciate most about your videos is pretty much the accuracy in in the videos like the amount of death there is there was controversy back then with uh, an also documentary channel for not doing enough research and if his research is let's say like maybe um, 3 out of 10 although I'm not I'm not saying that his research is 3 out of 10 let's say this is an arbitrary number yours should be all the way close to like 9 or 10 the only thing missing is that mm-hmm. you're not physically there at the moment to actually witness everything happening right <laughs> yeah so the biggest thing about documentaries is that you need to contact people one of my biggest inspirations for even you know building up the courage to ask whether it's bigger names or people that you know like might not even respond to you you know i got all that inspiration from nardwar if you know who that is Uh, nardwar the the human serviette he's a legend in the just in the general music community he's been doing interviews since like the 80s and 90s with like all these big names back when he was a nobody basically and he did a ted talk where his big phrase was just ask for it and i watched that video and i was like i watched it a few years ago and I'm like huh like that's a good point like what's the worst that can happen and so whenever i do videos like i just try to contact whoever i can to get as much information as i can that's very pertinent to the topic so that's that's a really good way to see it because what's the worst that can happen it's true yeah exactly so and even at worst sometimes i'll ask like i'll reach out to people that will translate stuff for me just so i can contact certain people like it's it's really those little things that you can get just even the slightest bit of extra information that can make yourself stand out from other people. And I think another thing with documentaries is that it's very interpretive to an extent. Like while documentaries are meant to be pretty factual and objective, you also have to understand what is pertinent to the topic and what isn't as pertinent and can be more or less omitted, but still, you know, staying on topic. Could provide context, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm, so. I'm really interested in your research, actually. Whenever I look in your videos, I'm just thinking about how much work there is put into the script because even right now, as I listen to you talking about how much you interv- the, how much work there is into interviewing people. Okay, let's take your... Um, you made a video on Itki, right? Wait, was it? Oh no, did I remember wrongly? <laughs> on who? <laughs> Itki. Was it? No, I didn't do one. I Wait. did one on Vaxay. Idki was in the Vaxay documentary. Oh, okay. He was briefly okay. mentioned. That, that that probably triggered my memory wrong. Yeah, okay, yeah, the Vaxay yeah. documentary is the one that, that propelled you to also stardom. <laughs> yeah, more or less. I, I didn't expect it to take off as much as it did. Um... I remember in our previous podcast together on your channel, the thing that um, impressed me the most is when you were talking about how you you don't really play Osu Standard and yet you're making a documentary completely on Osu Standard and it's in a community that you haven't been like completely entrusted into. So how were you completely sure that all the things you were saying was correct? And how are you sure that you're, you can come across as a reliable narrator? <laughs> Because so it's really difficult. I just, I just have a lot of confidence in what I say. Um, I make sure I try to describe what I'm talking about as not, I mean, not simplify, like 
simplified, but also I try to flesh out what I mean when I'm trying to describe whether it's certain patterns, like I'll say a certain pattern is aggressive or I'll say something is like obscenely difficult. Like I'll try to use certain words to try and get my message across better when I'm describing certain skill sets or I'll say like very technically proficient or I think it also helps that I've just watched the game for so long. And I know obviously it's not the same thing as playing it, but I think Osu in particular is a lot easier to digest from a spectator standpoint. Oh, and if you watch okay. the game enough, you can understand what is going on because I never played Osu in my life and I was able to pass like a seven star on touch screen my first like <laughs> just by watching people play like wow. I could just oh it's like that granted it was a it was a mortal flame but still no, like no, I don't that's know still it's... insane like you you just started touch screen pass seven star mortal flame I think it's AR 9.2 if I'm not wrong being able to react like that <laughs> when you first start it's actually really <laughs> something else and most touch screen monitors are 60 hertz so you didn't have the mm -hmm. high refresh rate advantage there that is pretty yeah. pretty nutty yeah I don't know it, it was just a game I was able to like I can understand like I can read a lot of things that are going on in Osu like I can comprehend and tell people this is what pattern is going on this is uh, the relative difficulty of it and you know I don't know just stuff like that like I, I, there's a lot of examples from my Biko video and my Vaxate video on how I describe the difficulty of certain skill sets I see okay now, now that makes a lot of sense because when you made that Osu video I was like wait he plays Osu <laughs> or like yeah, he, how how, is this, how does this six-digit know anything? Yes. It's <laughs> That's not, probably it's, what a lot of people were wondering. It's, it's not that I was wondering, like, how does this six-digit know anything? I was like, how does this six-digit know anything? Okay, wait, that, I just repeat the same sentence, but it's it's not like I expected a six-digit to know nothing. It's more of like, how did he manage to get everything absolutely correct? That was, that was what <laughs> shocked me because... Um, my impression of you at the time was, uh, when I watched the video at least, was that you didn't... You came into researching the video like completely blank, like had completely no idea about anything. And somehow you managed to decipher what was difficult and what was not. And that's just... That blew my mind. But now with some context <laughs> that you have... You followed the game for years, that makes a lot more sense. Although, did you have to do any extra research on, let's say, the difficulty of patterns just in case you did not accidentally just say like, oh, this one-two jump is difficult or something like that um i don't know well i don't really think i describe specific patterns in a song well like not like a certain jump like uh like a one two jump or whatever but i usually try to describe the map as a whole so something like i think it is it feeling sky i think that's the camellia song mm -hmm. or whatever but i say it's like super aggressive technical sliders you know wonky patterns just stuff like that like obviously that's not a super fleshed out way of describing something but i think it gets the job done and it you know in the end it's still you know it allows everyone to understand like oh wow this is pretty crazy oh Okay, now that makes sense. But I can read what's going on on the screen. Like I can, like Full. if I were to commentate a live match, I could, you know, I would have, I'd be able to commentate with someone pretty comfortably. Commentating in tournaments. Honestly, I think you make a great commentator. I don't think many people out there have the misconception that you have to be good at the game to be a good commentator. I think, I know that a couple of people, they don't trust certain uh, commentators to commentate on things. Uh, mainly because they assume that usually, let's say a six digit doesn't know enough that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and that's a valid criticism. I think I think people should at least be skeptical because, you know, obviously you would naturally trust someone who is very high ranked in the game and has proven to be good over someone who just watches the game. You know, that's a logical conclusion to come by. Yeah, except that you've proven the complete opposite actually. <laughs> is I, to an extent maybe. To an, no, I wouldn't say it. No, because like you've you've kind of reminded me that actually it's true. You don't need to be good at the game to be a great commentator. You just need to know a lot about the game. And that's why I think you'll be actually 
uh, you'd be a great commentator if you were to try to be one. Yeah, I think I think it was Game Osu that mm-hmm. tournament series. I think one of the people that run the tournament because I actually contacted them for um, like in my Vaxit video when he went on his losers run. At least I think it was Game Osu. There was a bunch of like spreadsheet results and stuff like that, and that wasn't that's not public. I don't believe I actually obtained that firsthand from the wow. tournament organizer because I was like, this is super good information. Like this is I love this. So Wait, what what were you going to use the information for? A documentary? So it's like a compilation of uh, Vaxay's like streak of wind and then it shows like the results of like he kept it'll say like seven to three six to whatever yeah it was just like an archive of wow. like all the results and all the aggregated data of just like literally everything so that's yeah super nice super nice guy i forget his name but shout outs to you dude super i think he was i think he's french i could be wrong but he reached out to me and asked me if i wanted to commentate next time they boot up the series again so i'd be more than happy to i would be interested in watching a tournament commentated by you <laughs> <laughs> i did i did commentate the um, speed of light 2 tournament that i partook in um oh, wait, a few the... weeks ago oh wait that was the 4k one oh, it was the mini tournament yeah the one that you've just made a video <laughs> yeah 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 i liked it great video actually if you were to direct a new viewer to your channel like which video would you want them to watch that's a good question. Wow. Yeah. Um, man, I, I just I cover so many different rhythm games and like I'm proud of like those videos in their eat like in their unique way. Um, well, you could choose something that represents yourself the best. But although all your videos are, so far have been very consistent. I do like my most broken chart in rhythm games. I thought that video was super fun to make because it allowed me to delve very deep into a super underground forgotten game. And thanks to uh, Nuno VH, he was able to just do a ton of like we just said so much theory crafting and like confirmation of certain data when it came to like delay times for say it's it's a lot but it was super fun to make and i'm very proud of that video because it was the reason why i delayed it like a full week because i wanted to make sure everything was right oh wow okay okay i still have not seen that one i'm gonna go watch it later and everyone if you don't know who atian is please go watch that video he said he he gave his seal (laughs) of approval that you should watch yeah that that, that was a lot of fun to make i think broken notes in rhythm games in general are not talked about enough there's a lot of weird instances my favorite one I talked about in the intro of that video was Rock Band 1's Next to You. So the problem with Next to You, or like there's things called talkies in Rock Band where there's no pitch or anything. You just talk into it. And normally they're the easiest things in the world. It's just like free points basically. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, when the vocalist goes like, he goes like, ow! And I'm, <laughs> but when you do that, you can't combo it. It do, it just doesn't work. Then so people were like, so people like figured out ways. I don't, I forget exactly how it was FC'd, but people had to like figure out ways to finesse the engine into like I, I, giving it. I don't know. It was super weird. But I, there's only like two known FCs of it, and it's known as like the most broken vocal chart in a rock band. It's so it's like a bug in the game happen yes yeah, super strange bug from like 15 years ago and i contacted the person like a few months ago um bill tv show he was like the face of rock band vocals back then reached out to him unfortunately he didn't get back to me Aww. he saw my message but i think it's just been so long that he's just probably not interested in um talking about it which is fine but god i would kill to see that video again of him f seeing it for the first time because he was the first one to do it that would be really cool i think it's private i think it's still up it's private but i think that still means it's up i don't think it's deleted i think it's still available wait so the video itself you couldn't get your hands on it i couldn't get my hands on it it existed at one point though and i remember watching it i remember his reaction how nervous he was at the end i remember watching like i was like 10 years old when i watched this but i remember it wow (laughs) 
do you remember how he managed to hit that part? I mean, this is probably most likely explained in the video itself. It's, it was it was probably just a lot of luck, I think. I can't remember exactly how he did it, but he just I I don't know if it's like trying to activate the talkie early enough to where you can squeeze out enough points for it, or if you use a certain tone in your voice that activates it too. I I cannot remember. I I think someone used like an instrument, like an actual instrument to trigger it, but I don't know. Super weird. I don't know if there's like an actual solution, but I would love to know one because I would wa I want to make a video about it so bad. It's so unique to me. Yeah, this sounds interesting. Yeah, your videos lately have been, have been kind of... Yeah, they've been in mostly everywhere, actually. They've been covering all sorts of things. And it's... Yeah, I think in the last, like... Mm -hmm few weeks i've just been covering like four key games lately but i do have other rhythm game videos in the work so i'm excited to get around to releasing those to be honest my favorite videos from you from you are those other rhythm game reviews actually <laughs> they, oh yeah i i loved doing the dance of fire and ice one that was that's my favorite review by far that's my favorite video from you actually i don't know i, I really liked how it turned out it's the whole how your expectations have been uh proven wrong you know your originally came into the game thinking that like it's not much and then how you were very eloquent in the video basically you somehow managed to put all my thoughts of what i thought about a game into like the <laughs> you wrapped it up perfectly and i was like yeah this 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 it's really yeah i was i was really happy with how i explained everything i actually took a bit of inspiration from uh uh video game donkey i love Dun donkey's like one of my favorite youtubers and i love the way his review videos like i love the some of the words he uses to describe certain things like his adjective usage is very i can't even think of the word but he has a, he has a very nice vocabulary and just the way it's like kind of fast pace like it's like bam 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 like just like like all in your face with this information about how good the game is and i don't know i kind of use that as inspiration for my video because i think rhythm games can be treated the same way and given the same amount of praise and it came across really well i think like the number one video i would recommend people to watch from your channel is after a documentary i would recommend them to watch the dance of fire nice the review <laughs> the music one was uh it was it worked as well except that i think you gave it like a mediocre review because it was I gave it a four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't too good. Um, I think I, yeah, you didn't I just like got bored the, of it. You didn't like the reading and the free packs were not... Yeah. Yeah, I think like conceptually, I just got bored of the game pretty quickly too. Like I can't even see my... I can't even come back to it now even as a casual game. Like I just kind of got... I don't know. It's like I said, it's charm. It's initial charm wore off for, for me faster than it might have for other people, which is fine. You know, like some people love the aesthetic and the artistic expression that Muse Dash provides. And I think, that's, I think that alone is a very valid reason to keep playing the game. But for me, I'm not even a big anime person to begin with. So I just kind of, you know, I, I pulled back a little eventually. Yeah, that's that's completely fair. And to be honest, um, I don't play it news dash. <laughs> I don't. Like, I played it for a video and that's it. I never actually played it afterwards. Pretty much what you've just said. I know there's some appeal for some other people, but for me, not really. I mean, I honestly think the game is more fun if you were, if you did not have your PC and you were like some other place mm -hmm. and you have no choice to play the game. It's it fun, functions you know? better as a mobile game. Yes, definitely. But I mean, that, that is what it started out from. But I wanted to ask you actually, what's in Eterna that kept you like staying in it for so long? So, obviously before Eterna, it was Stepmania for the longest time uh, i mean step mania still exists but um step mania 3.95 was the big thing for the longest time because I, th I forget what advantages it had over 3.9 i can't remember off the bat but i think it had online support uh, like multiplayer support and a few other things maybe but at the cost it was a little less stable like sm 3.95 would crash a decent bit but eventually i switched over to step mania 5 in 2012 somewhere around there and then once eterna came out that just like 
changed everything we ever knew about Stepmania. Mina just came out with a thread on Flash Flash Revolution and said, this is Eterna. This is the scoring system. Like he just threw all this information at us. And we were just like, what the hell is this? Like, how did you do all? Like he taught himself how to code in multiple languages in like just a matter of a couple months, basically like recoded a ton of things from scratch, I believe, and just made like one of the most nuanced rhythm games and functional rhythm games to date. Obviously, it's not very pretty, but it's it's more or less like the Linux of rhythm games. Like it has so much content. There's so much functionality. There's so many things you can do with it. You can customize everything to your liking in terms of like the playing field, note skins. Like there's so it's a little overwhelming, which is what I think drives people away. Yeah. But that's what pulls me in. And there's also so many different ways you can score in the game. There's a, there's tons of praise or not tons of praise, but there's enough praise for old school packs to be somewhat competitive. There's, you know, like people are still making a bunch of new packs with their own like artistic ideas, like different, like unique pattern usage, different music, like the music variety in Eterna is unlike anything I've ever yeah, seen. I've seen such it's, so many kinds. <laughs> Like I downloaded. Do, a do you couple want like Serbian pop music? You're gonna get like eight of those in Eterna. Eight packs. Well, no. Well, if it was up to Lofty, probably. But you like there's there's just so much to offer in the game that I've just been you know hooked on it. And obviously I've played Stepmania since I was like eight years old. So since since Eterna is basically a massive upgrade from that, naturally I've just stayed with it since then. That makes sense. Right. Your qu- your Quaver review was not so <laughs> so nice. It wasn't. I mean, I think I was pretty fair with it i do think the ending was a little aggressive when i said like why does this game exist but it was a genuine question i had because i remember when quaver first came on twitter and they were like yeah this is the brand new 4k game like the best competitive 4k game in the world and i just said on twitter i just said lol like i was just i was like what the hell is this and i mean it looked okay like it kind of looked like overwatch though like it's aesthetic (laughs) it almost had like an overwatch feel to it in terms of like the menu yeah it's really weird like everything's like rectangles and squares and like all the buttons (laughs) At least that's what someone said to me. I I never thought about that until you told me. Yeah, it's really strange. But anyways, in regards to Quaver, like, yeah, it's great that it's bringing 4K to a larger audience, but it's not doing anything different than what Eterna and Osamania have already done or have been doing for years now. And, you know, they've done a few things different. But overall, I think it it just, I don't know. It's a weird choice to make to be making a new game like this. To be honest, when I first saw Quaver, my first my first thought was that uh, to answer the question, why does this exist? Because it's on Steam. That's all. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of. Because yeah. it's on Steam. Yeah. Although I, I do will like say, the game. yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not a bad game. Like I did. That's and I said that too. I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's just insanely derivative of what four key games have already done for years now. Pretty much to enjoy Quaver is to just mean that you enjoy four key games in general. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's actually why my Friday Night Funkin' review is positive in a way. Because, I mean, it's a 4K game. To say I don't like how the game works means to just say that I don't like 4K games. I do like 4K <laughs> games. And it's it's, it's a way. Mm. It's 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 gameplay and mechanics that I that people enjoy. And it, it's tried and tested and people will enjoy it if they actually like, played it. To which I yeah. remember, man, I wish rhythm games are more popular. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm still floored how popular the game got. Like, I still... Uh, one of, a couple of YouTubers I mentioned in the video, I forget the girl's name, I think her name's like Forever Nina, and she's been blowing up lately, like in the last month or so. I think she had like 2K subs when I saw her channel, and then her Friday Night Funkin' videos get like six-digit views. Like, it's insane. Like, it's... 
Whoa. I was like, holy Whoa. shit. I couldn't believe it. You could just make a video about Friday Night Funkin' and if the thumbnail is decent enough and it's, you know, something recent, whether it's like week six or week seven or, you know, hardest Friday Night Funkin' song. It's, yeah, I don't know. It, it can just take off immediately. It's, um, there's a it's huge really community behind honestly. it. I the way Friday Night Funkin' videos work is so different from every other rhythm game rhythm game like content we've seen so far. Like the yeah, way, functions that's like let's plays. Yeah, they're like let's plays. <laughs> just just so interesting because um the most let's play thing I've seen is pretty much for myself just like plopping up a game just like hey guys today we're gonna play this game and mm -hmm. the Friday Night Funkin' videos they are, I don't know how to describe the let's play feeling. It's just they're like um okay I wouldn't say it's because of the loud voices but it's more of like they definitely treat it more of like a storyline kind of thing going on i have not watched enough videos but i don't think all of the the people playing play on the hardest difficulty yeah no i probably not but yeah. some people do i know i couldn't believe when i saw uh charlie penguin zero playing it or critical any any of the five thousand names he has but um the god of friday night funkin i guess now but i saw him playing it and i was like what the hell dude like everyone's playing this now yeah when i saw the video i was like okay and then he came up yeah he played osu <laughs> he played osu and yeah, i was he... like dude i'm like he's one step away i'm like i wish he could play eterna or something like that i would oh, i would man. kill to play that game with him because he's a ddr fan i've seen his ddr videos in the past and he has a ddr extreme machine and i've like i've made videos he on ddr extreme and DDR. i play it like the game i play is pretty similar and i don't know i would love to play some sort of four key game with him because that's what he originated from but i I guess Friday Night Funkin' is probably the most marketable and accessible option for not just him, but probably his audience too, so... Yeah. Better luck I next mean, time, I suppose. It, I mean, it makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah, if he yeah. would actually try Eternal on, like, let's say, like stream or something, but he wouldn't mm -hmm. clip it for a video, I think, maybe. I think he would love the mod charts in um, Not ITG. Oh, ITG. my God. <laughs> oh, not I, not ITG is like the pinnacle of marketability and just genuine casual fun you can have with uh, a four-key game. I agree. Actually, I'm surprised. The thing about Not ITG's mod charts is that they're not popular enough. I still feel no, like they're, they're not. not. Yeah, they're not. People and spend like a half a year on a single mod chart. Yes, and they don't get, they're just not a known thing. Like, unless mm -hmm. it's a popular song, which, okay, my first introduction to not ITG, I embarrassed to admit, but freaking Megalovina. <laughs> Yeah, Taro Nuke. Yes. Taro's the homie, dude. Yeah, he. I think he's he's definitely one of the people be like one of the biggest people behind mod charts, and you know I thank him for that, and I thank all the people who have just worked their ass off to like to make these beautiful. Just I can't even describe it. There's so many words you can describe uh, mod charts because they're just so unique, and there's so much code and artistic value to them. They're so goofy just, too. They're like lighthearted. Yeah, fun. some of them are very goofy. Yeah. Oh, they can be really serious. <laughs> like there's, I think there is a lot of ITG mod charts. They follow a storyline, if I'm not wrong. Some do, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially back in the day, they were more story driven. There were series called Windu Hates You. There was, oh my god, what's the other one called? There's another I've one that's for, oh UKSRT is another one. There's storylines behind that, but yeah, like people would just get together at these public events, and all of them would just witness them for the first time while these two. people people on a machine just try to finesse their way through these crazy <laughs> mod charts through this intense storyline like it's it's such a crazy thing to imagine and it's so underground still nowadays yes the way everything is 
it's it's actually impressive how it's still underground actually that's what i think but i mean itg is a very underground game to be fair um it's it's been it's been so grassroots since um konami sued roxer back in 2004 or 2005 i believe and ever since then itg never had a chance to flourish that's true oh dang i mean I still hope that ITG mod charts will reach the widest audience possible someday. I, I yeah. honestly think that they have the potential to just hit the mainstream because they already can. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, they have the content. It's just getting it out there. Um, I st- I, for- I used to do mod chart Mondays like every two weeks, but I just been compl- I just been so entranced in improving in Eternal lately that I just kind of forget to. But honestly, maybe I'll no, bring it no back. Blame. No hey, no no. Yeah, blame. it's true. Fair enough. I mean, I can't believe I'm actually getting banged to Osu. <laughs> I, saw, I, I saw a couple of your titles and I was like, she doing playing Osu again. <laughs> I'll explain later, but let's talk about mod charts. I feel like something about the way mod charts feel, the the essence of them, it feels so much like something you would see. You know those speedrunning t- uh, tournaments or live, live showcases? That giant mm-hmm. room with all the, the people watching and it's on live and there's thousands of people watching. Yeah. I feel like that could just happen for mod charts. It works so well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's very theatrical. Yeah, I mean, it already works that way right now on a very small scale. But boy, mm-hmm. I, I hope for the day that it will happen. I mean, yeah, because the, the difference between mod charts in that game and really any other game, I, at least to my knowledge, is that they are coding like the receptors, like the note receptors to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Whereas with other mod charts like Clone Hero, and no disrespect to Clone Hero mod charters, they do an amazing job at creating the like illusions of, you know, stuff changing around stuff like that but with um not atg they're writing code to say move all this stuff around and using like different programs like it's there's so much that goes into it it's unreal but uh both are great mod charts are great i think they're great for rhythm games i think it's one of the best ways to grow a rhythm game initially if you want to introduce someone to see like how cool they can be yeah it's always so fun to watch mod charts i think that's why storyboarded charts and also at least right now they're like very popular especially like the whole aspire mope mope that the thing blew up <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i forgot i forgot about that at one point i forgot i forgot they did the whole aspire thing yeah um it's all storyboarded uh, although there, there was actually a whole i wouldn't say twitter drama but people were arguing and not arguing okay how to say they were debating no no you know what all these words come are coming out wrong <laughs> people were kind of heated about the whole effect that storyboarded charts are allowed in Aspire now because uh, mm. when storyboarded charts are allowed they feel that it's a lot less effort than finding new ways to break the game because they're, they're the two groups of people the ones that love the storyboards and the other that really wants to see how far you can push the game engine push the game yeah and I th- um, that's I think that's a valid argument I'm gonna be honest it's because, completely fair yeah because I, th- I think there should be I think if you're going to set boundaries or if anything there can be a separate category like I no storyboards so. and storyboards because there's such like a blatant disconnect between the two yeah i think it would be reasonable to separate them they're two completely different things yeah Uh, you're you're competing against like it's like it's like a hundred meter guy competing against a miler like there's just (laughs) yeah i think they are different set of tools i think they are they 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 were separated actually let me just check okay aspire v um new format okay let me just check fact check this real quick i don't want to get anything wrong shit i'm gonna I think I'll just explain why I'm playing Osu again. What happened was that I decided to just play on private servers instead of the actual Osu server because it's kind of like 
I've, I can't be any of my scores now. I'm not even anywhere close. Mm-hmm. So it's not fun to, to play anymore, you know? You know, the feeling of progression is completely gone. It's not even about progression in PP. It's about progression in skill. Like you see these scores that you will never reach ever again. And it's such a demoralizing feeling that you just want to start from scratch. Why not? What's my actual <laughs> skill level? I don't even freaking know. Why not try again? <laughs> yeah, de-resting is... I mean, it could be brutal sometimes. Speaking of which, I had this really dumb idea that Peppy would absolutely hate. But I just thought it, was in- it would be actually pretty funny. Actually, not funny it'll be inter- it'll be actually interesting to watch peppy doesn't like private service and honestly that's understandable why advertise things that's outside of pancho but speed running in rhythm games has always been a joke right <laughs> yeah i mean there's like the hardest part about speed running rhythm games is menuing that's like where most of the difficulty comes from is like just menuing pretty much <laughs> which is which is such a silly concept to think about except what if there was a server where everyone just speed ran to a certain amount of pp that's <laughs> so much more interesting to watch it, i mean it'd be interesting to watch i I guess I guess for me I'm just kind of a stickler for like how speedruns operate. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess I just wouldn't be crazy about because I would know everything that's going to happen pretty much. <laughs> I think it depends because everyone would do the speedrun differently based on their skill level. Let's say if so like, like what's the general format of like an OSU speedrun? I, I don't know. I, I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. <laughs> okay, like the fastest time to 1,000 PP overall PP. Okay, yeah. I feel like that just comes down to a lot of game knowledge and routing, and then by the time the meta is developed and everyone knows what maps to play at that point you're just like at that point you're just picking and choosing which ones are slightly less risky than others i don't know i mean that's an interesting that's a little more interesting than the whole like 10 songs in under a minute or something yeah (laughs) that is that's hot garbage that's just like clickbait bullshit i think Um, no those are just it's just memes funny stuff yeah i I can't seem to load the aspire page actually can you can you load it for me aspire aspire v right yeah does it separate the categories of storyboards and game breaking stuff and look up storyboards. For example, we may have a category for beatmaps that use storyboards and another category for beatmaps that use or using 2B overlapping objects. So what it looks like they plan on it. At least that's what this original article says. Okay, let's let's find the Okay, so here's the final results. Let's see if they separated it. I, I feel like a terrible like person to ask about also because I don't act I don't even remember the results for SPIOV. Oh here we go. Categories? Oh, there's a lot of categories here. Oh, so they did separate. There's like there's like eight categories. But are they like based there's on different game modes though? Aspire V manipulation of time. Aspire V aspirable fruits. Oh, is that is that catch related? Most likely. Innovative storyboarding. That's Tycho Catch and Mania. Slider Maestro. Players pick. 2B song title. Innovative storyboarding. Unique mechanics. Those are all. There's a lot of categories. Yeah. So it looks like they did separate everything. Okay. That, yeah. They, they separate like. As much as they could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes it much better than, than back then, I think. But back then, we didn't have storyboarded stuff. I think storyboarded maps weren't allowed in Aspire, actually. If not, Elf Zero would have won instantly, like yeah. over everything else. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> there's one thing I wanted to ask you about um, paid rhythm games and simulators. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I so my biggest qualm with people that don't like simulators is that they use that as an argument or a justification for the lack of content in their own game. So I actually had an argument with someone over uh, DDRV and the person is a very passionate DDR player, uh, someone I followed for years now, someone mm-hmm. who I'm very familiar with. And they, the second they use the word simulator, it's 
it seems like when they use it in an argument, they're using it to like diminish the value of the game or say, oh, since the concept of the game is so derivative and whatever, and it's like open source, it's a simulator, it doesn't count, like whatever. But Wait, what do you mean doesn't count? What was what the context of the argument? I'd have to go back and check. So I was basically making fun of DDRV for just being bad. a complete flop. Yeah, it was so yeah bad. it's garbage. It was, it, it's one of the worst things I've ever played in my life. And that's not even like an exaggeration. And... I forget what got brought up, but I don't know if it had to do with the songs or anything, like the lack of songs or I don't know. They use oh. the word simulator. Was it that? Was and it how that? it's like elite, like how Eterna is like illegal to an extent. And I'm like, like I don't know if you know how copyright law works, my dude. And that's not. It's a little. There's a bit more of a gray area than that. In that case, you can stretch the argument to virtually anything if you want to <laughs> say Eterna is illegal. Oh wait, so the person was defending DDRV? More or less. Let me see if I can find it. Why would you? Okay, I would understand if like they were like arguing about DDR versus. Okay, okay. How about Sound Voltex versus K Shoot Mania, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, that that I guess that I would understand like the why people would be defensive over Sound Voltex over the simulator. <laughs> oh, here it is. Yeah. Um, Step Mania and other simulators are borderline illegal or flat out are. The DDRV is an official way to play a game that is accessible to almost anyone without any gray areas. Step Mania is not illegal by any means. That's just incorrect. That's just objectively wrong. And Stamina is actually really easy to download, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one's making any money. No one ever made any money off of Stamania, to my knowledge. Uh, the devs did it all free. And, like, I, I just, it didn't make any um, point. But I just don't like the way... Uh, simulator just sounds like such a diminishing term at times for when people want an excuse to hate on other games that aren't official versions of said game or you know. Yeah, actually, you know, I never thought about that, but you're right. You you make a really good point. It's kind of like, I never realized that I had this mindset until you pointed it out, actually. That the whole, using the word simulator, you don't see it as like a real game. And this is not even in just rhythm games. Like, for example, um, other kinds of games, things like uh, computer simulator or anything simulator, these general topics, you know it's not the real thing. I mean, I guess that's what simulation means in the first place. It's like right. emulation versus simulation, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also like, the thing with simulators or whatever genre you want to categorize as a lot of them are very community driven that's why i like them so much and this kind of ties back into my uh distaste more or less for Mm -hmm. corporations having too much or just bigger companies having too much of a say in what goes into their own rhythm game and while it makes sense at first with rhythm games in particular what normally ends up happening is that the developers just end up having so much less knowledge of the game they created than the community members that spend day in and day out figuring out what works and what doesn't when it comes to charting something or what functions better like what patterns work what patterns don't what feels smooth like what many or like what should be modifiable in terms of like changing note size or speed mods like little things like that developers completely look over especially bigger ones oh because in, because when it comes to developers my word is law right what do you mean my word is law it's like that it's like that oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's yeah that more or less yeah everything they do is perfect and the game is fine because most people like I'm more or less almost spoiling one of my next videos but I don't care I think one of these are going to be it's probably going to release around the same time as this more or less but (laughs) basically Konami just 
doesn't let their fans get a say in what can be improved in the game. And I think a few other games do that too, where like they could just be, be improved so much more. A lot of arcade rhythm games, I think, they don't give a can shit. Be just, <laughs> yeah, they can be improved so much more. And I think the players should have so much more of a say or be like, hey, um, if you guys want to submit charts, here's a list of all the licensed artists we have. And if you want to submit a chart, we'll take a look and we might accept it. That alone can completely enhance a game's quality by far just letting your community members submit charts or like just try to I just like feel like they have a place or like a community <laughs> that makes sense mm, although from a business standpoint that would be too much work though because yeah we'll be fuck so people... them they can subtract some of their profits for a good game <laughs> oh no i guess it makes sense they could subtract a, li- a little bit of money but oh no it's not about money I don't it's know. the time it's, they don't it, have to say let the hire get a community member that, like there are so many people who will do stuff for free, for free yeah. I, I think people forget yeah people will literally do that type of stuff for free and say like hey here's all these charts look over them and do what I, I obviously there's some liability issues with that but there's so many dedicated community members that have been in certain games for like a decade or so and like again i'm going to bring up ddr again mm-hmm. just let them let them try their shot let them submit some charts DDR's um, musical catalog and chart catalog is so one-dimensional and boring as hell that like it just it's getting completely mollywhopped by every other rhythm like community-driven rhythm game. And I think it also has to do with the fact that you it's so hard to find a DDR machine too. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But I just think community-driven rhythm games, on average, have shown to be so much better because, like, even if community members have to make the entire game themselves or code stuff from scratch, it just normally results in a better game. Like, community members know what they want <laughs> in a rhythm yeah. game. That's just that's just traditionally how it's been. It's been like that for years now. When Guitar Hero more or less died, we're not even gonna talk about Guitar Hero Live. That was not a resurrection. Of oh the yeah, game. yeah, screw that, screw that. When, when Guitar Hero died, it was pretty much up to the community members to do what they it. can. And they basically like reverse engineered Guitar Hero 3's original code to be able to have songs with more than 4,000 notes or past a certain time limit or have more songs to play in the game without crashing it. Like community members know what they want. They're much more dedicated. They have much more knowledge of the game. Like, yeah, it's like obviously give credit to the people who created the base game. But there comes a certain point where, you know, other people are just going to simply be able to take care of everything else and just improve the game more but i think i get what you, where you're coming from it makes sense yeah. like the best people to ask would be the people who know the most and yeah. company people don't know basically T- uh, tldr corporations mm-hmm. get too comfortable with their final product for rhythm games i think that's the biggest thing they get too comfy with where their game's at and the only differences they make are either very subtle or are very aesthetic driven i actually have a different point of view from- i think they don't do it because they're comfortable I don't think so I think it's because egoism because they believe that <laughs> I mean, they I are guess. correct yes I mean yeah I, to an extent probably but um I think it's like a huge extent for example like you know Namco will never add scroll speed in Taiko right <laughs> Because to them, this is yeah, how the game that, is. You can't change it. Yeah, st- stuff like that just floors me. Although that kind of does... Is Namco a Japanese company? Yes. I mean, Taiko so, no Tatsujin. <laughs> yeah, I, fi- I figure. I'm just making sure. I'm <laughs> yeah, just making yeah. sure. Uh, like, that's where their origins are from, like, even when they first formed. So what I learned, actually, and I, I don't know if this is principle. I'm just kind of taking this from my knowledge of what I know from the Smash community. There's a player by the name of Amsa. He's the best Japanese Smash player and like a big figurehead in the Japanese gaming community in general. And 
There's this thing called Slippy for Melee, which you can play Melee online. It's a modified version of Melee. You can just boot it up and play people across the world. Oh, wait, that one that got, got booted off by Nintendo? More or less, like the Slippy, tw- yeah, the big house when it got canceled. So the Japanese community will not let AMSA play Slippy because they think it goes against like the original game and like they don't like how it's a modified version and like they like he's only allowed to play vanilla melee or vanilla ultimate and anything else they'll just like disown him basically wow i found it to be very interesting and i wasn't sure if certain companies when they create a rhythm game there's like a cultural um standpoint they kind of stick to when they create the game they're like okay this is it this is the game we're not going to change it unless there's something so drastic we need to and you're just stuck with it (laughs) i honestly think that's that's exactly how it is. No, I know Konami works this way, at least. Konami is quite stagnant in their current lineup of things. Uh, as much as people say that, oh, Sound Vortex is very popular, it's actually losing out to Sega. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sega games right now are absolutely exploding. You have the My My Machines, Chunitum, and yeah, all these yeah. are doing so much better. You know why? They actually know what the players want, which is if you want people to play your game, you gotta have songs that people know. You don't freaking keep adding songs that no one has literally heard of. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'm gonna look like an idiot. Sega's behind is Sega behind Sonic? Is that where it all yeah, started? <laughs> Sega has different divisions, I think. I've never played Sonic, so like, I just want to make sure I'm not yes, like completely off my rocker. Yes. Okay, so like, so like, Sega brought in a bunch of fan game developers to make one of the best oh Sonic right. games Sonic in the last Mania? thirty years. Sonic Mania. Like, Sega knows what the people want. Yes. <laughs> what the people want. They trust. They trust their community, and they want to consistently improve after more or less being bullied for the last twenty years for not churning out a single good Sonic game. Originally, I was thinking that when you were talking about the whole the whole uh, melee story, we were saying I thought you were trying mm. to say that maybe it could be a Japanese culture thing, uh, a cultural thing in Japan. I think that what what was what you were implying to. But I think we've we might have narrowed down that it could be a part of culture. Although the ones that actually listen to the players are the ones that are really standing out right now, like games like mm-hmm. uh places like Sega and Nintendo is really not doing themselves a favor, really. <laughs> No, not at all. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm honestly in general, I think the community members are having less and less of a say for their games, which is uh, it's just such a bad move to make in general. I don't know. I, I think you should always at least not you don't I mean, you're not obligated to contact your most popular fans or like biggest influencers for the games Advice. they play. But yeah. I but I think they should have an opportunity. I think opportunity is a big thing for just games in general or, you know, obviously, especially for rhythm games, because there's so many I, I did a video called Rhythm Game Design a, a little while ago. Oh, yes, like, I remember that just, one. Uh, there's so many little things or simple things that can just enhance a game's quality or make it more accessible. And I think people are like, oh, well, that's just the game's charm. And I'm like, no, it's to an extent. Yeah, like the basis of the game is, but just a little tweak, like adjustable scroll speed or changing the size of something, it can, it just makes the game so much more comfortable for certain people. Like everyone's different with the way they set games up. I think it depends, honestly, uh, for me, right? I'm honestly fine with Taiko not having uh, scroll speed. It's like... S- telling osu players adjustable yeah that's it's 
it's not something that people used to scrolls view understand. It's at this point, it's a really a, a subjective point of view because to us, we have reading becomes a difficulty. It's a part of it's. See, that's yeah. that's interesting to me because what I've learned from like playing Eterna over and over mm-hmm. again is that I have never, almost never changed my scroll speed in the last ten years. Um, because for rhythm games or especially for Eterna or Stepmania, mm-hmm. we used to harp on people all the time for constantly changing their scroll speeds because you're changing the way you process the notes and patterns on the screen. So when people, there was a player, uh, Lily, she would always enhance her scroll speed by a ton to read certain charts better, but this ended up just kind of causing more problems instead of uh, fixing them because you're changing the way you process patterns. And that's why I always say like, the way how fast you can read something on the screen, 100% genetic. How, like, because everyone reads at different scroll speeds. Any rhythm game that has adjustable scroll speeds, everyone will have a different one to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there will be some similarities, but everyone reads different. And I, that, that was that's my biggest point towards games that don't have that option. Like, some people are just naturally better at reading slow stuff or naturally better at reading faster scrolling stuff. So when games don't have that option to adjust that, I'm like, that's such a foreign concept to me. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. That's my side of the matter. I honestly wish Tycho had scroll speed. How? Ever. I completely understand why they don't. Because the thing about Taiko is that it's very... I mean, we all talking about rhythm games. I mean, obviously, this is a rhythm game as well. And to say that it's very rhythm-based is a really dumb thing to say. But I am not exaggerating when I say this is very rhythm-based. It's very, very rhythm-based. Like, straight up. You cannot do well on Taiko at all with purely just reading. A lot of it is actually knowing the song, um, this, the, having like the song ticking inside of you in your arms. That's Taiko. So I know reading is, it, things will get much easier if you actually read at a comfortable, uh, like, like set the reading. But it becomes a part of, you see the pattern and then you need to execute the rhythm inside yourself, like t- to the game. Then mm-hmm. you see, you, you hit. That's not, the game yeah. is not you see, you hit. It's you see, you process. And because the thing about Taiko is that you're already, already hitting to, to the beat. But the thing is, where are you going to hit? I mean, this is can be applied to every other rhythm game, but it's I, my thoughts are. I don't know if I'm saying them right. It's really hard to I think explain. This is, yeah, I gotcha. This is probably gonna be kind of controversial. <laughs> I hate hit sounds. I can't play Taiko with hit sounds. I can't play Osu with hit sounds. It sounds ugly as sin to me. Uh... Every time I hear like a. I'm like, what the? Get out of here! I don't want to <laughs> hear that. I want to. I want to hear the song. No, straight but, up, um... straight up though. Uh, Taiko and Tatsujin, the hit sounds are wrong. Like the actual cabinets. <laughs> They sound ah. correct, but the truth is, you're not actually listening to the sound from the cabinet. You're listening to the sound your drumsticks make, just like yeah, yeah. keyboard. Yeah, this all, it actually makes it kind of fucky if you're playing the game because you hit you hear the, the sound which is the correct and then you hear the actual hit sound being played like delayed or like uh, like playing yeah earlier. some hit sounds are straight up delayed I, 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 from my experience oh. but I don't know I, ha- I hate hit sounds I hate that it's a requirement mm-hmm. for ranking stuff in Osu of any game type fuck whoever came up with that idea <laughs> I hate that idea I just want to get that out there right now That, but when I found that out one day that Osu Mania required hit sounds to be ranked I was like oh my god that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard i don't understand it hit that, sound, like most accuracy players from mania don't even use hit sounds to my knowledge because it's so distracting like it just doesn't it doesn't help yeah actually it was more accurate on taiko when i played without hit sounds because you know yeah. what you're pressing you know yeah most people i tell like there there was a little discussion in my discord where someone was like stop playing with hit sounds and i had three separate people being like yeah it worked my accuracy is so much better <laughs> Oh, but there's one thing that I I can play Taiko without hit sounds because you know Taiko is a very 
like tap 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 game. But mainly, it's just like mm-hmm. the holds start to fuck me up. I can't hear the beat in holds. Like even mm-hmm. put in yeah, a really I'd long hold, it's just it's just it's, 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 it's I'm not used to it. That's all. Oh, it's just so ugly to me. I hate hit sounds. There's it's just such a gross sound. I, I can't stand it. I just want to hear the song and my key taps when I'm playing. That's the perfect combination. Hit sounds are your own key taps. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. You're probably wearing some like super noise canceling headphones that you can't hear. Like, can you can you hear your own keyboard when you play? Hmm, me? Uh, I yeah. Set can my you vo- hear your own keyboard when you? I set my volume up so loud that um I can't hear anything. <laughs> But oh, when it comes to that, taiko, no, I can't do. But that. when it comes to taiko, I play like this. Ah, okay. Yeah. See, that's why I specific. I I only wear earbuds when I play rhythm games. I can't play. I tried wearing headphones. Way too overwhelming. I felt like, especially when there was like pressure on me, I felt like I was I was having like tunnel vision. Oh. It was just too much on me. It's just. I think at this point it's just that that's preference. Oh, oh yeah, it, it's it's definitely it, it's pre- it's preference to like a pretty good degree. But I I hate the concept of hit sounds. I I'm just gonna say that right now. I think <laughs> it sounds so even for regular osu. Though. Oh my god, I just don't I just don't understand them. Like because people, I mean, people will say, oh, it helps keep yourself on track for sliders and stuff like that, which is which is valid. But it's even then, valid. it's just I hate hearing that noise. I like I like because I have a, I guess I have a very mm-hmm. internal sense of rhythm, so I'm pretty biased in that regard mm-hmm. but I have no sense of rhythm <laughs> oh see I ever since I was a little kid I just I've had an, a very internal sense of rhythm so oh, I'm jealous <laughs> no but then do then if you were to ever play Osu like standard you would play without hit sounds yeah 100% yeah absolutely crazy yeah I, I can't I can't play with hit sounds it's Man, so annoying to me yikes because <laughs> then I have to hear the miss sounds and like whenever I hear a miss sound I'm like I want to strangle my tablet then <laughs> it's just so <laughs> but it's the so point tilting <laughs> No, I hate you miss sounds. You FC or die. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not fucking combo scoring. Thanks a lot. <laughs> amazing. The world's best scoring system. No, but when it comes to also, yeah. I did I did try to play about his sounds a couple of times. This is even before I started playing other games. I absolutely cannot keep rhythm. In fact, uh, most sounds, most songs end up sounding like episode garbage if you just, if you don't play with hit sounds and you just hear the key taps because they, make, they make no sense. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it follows the music. Oh, see, I the hear the sliders in my head. Oh, I see. Oh, wait, so that's how Mania players do it. Hmm, I'll have to consider doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I guess it just helps me learn the song better too because I'm not reliant on anything. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Uh, off topic but um, you want okay so the whole Taiko uh, scroll speed thing that I'm okay with mm-hmm. um, this is I'm okay with it because it's one of the like the least the, like, the smallest things I could ask if, if I were to ask different things from Taiko like Asujin scroll speed is like the lowest on the list that's why I'm okay with it because it's fine you know what's number one on the list adding an offset oh there's yeah. no offset in Taiko holy that's shit bad. That's, that's bad that's really bad actually no but actually it makes sense you're putting a lot of trust into you're putting a lot of trust into people to sync their charts properly especially Especially since not all songs have a consistent BPM. Yes. Some some songs have varying BPMs to like like 0. 0.02 or something, and it can shift a lot. Like especially older songs, um, whether it's like an old uh, song from like the 80s or 70s, yes. it can teeter between like 155.3 and 155.4. And over music- time, like over a span of two minutes, mm-hmm. that makes like your song will be offset by like a whole half second. Yeah, especially if the music was played by like, a human person on the drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's it, it, a lot of room for error. Although the thing is that uh, the reason why there's no offset in Taiko Tasujin, by the way, this is only in the arcade cabinet. In the actual game itself, like Switch, PS4, all those, they have offset because they know that your your system cannot be perfect, especially if you play on TV. Uh, the reason why the arcade cabinets have no offset is because the arcade cabinets are perfectly tuned. 
to the music. So it means that everyone is forced to play with the sound of the of their sti- sticks hitting the drum. So this is the perfect <laughs> offset. You have to play like that or else. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing that Damn. annoyed me so much at first because I was like, I can just play the freaking hit sounds. Screw the, the taiko sound, the, the, the yeah. drum hitting sounds. But holy shit, there's no offset. That's actually a crazy thing. Because like every other running game I've tried so far, they have an offset system like in arcade games. Why does Taiko yeah. not have it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> right, okay, before we move on to the next topic, I wanted to say that Sound Voltex is community-driven, actually. I, I have heard that. I've had heard yes. like Sound Voltex has a pretty like involved community with it. Mm-hmm. Although it seems that the rest of the games are not as much. It seems like only the newer games Konami has mm-hmm. are more community-driven. I can't say for the rest of the games, but I know Sound Voltex is community-driven. The charter are uh, picked from the community I believe mm-hmm. the songs yeah, are good. it started off being fan submitted songs I think they they got different places like they wanted what the f- they put what the fans wanted which is all Toho remixes back in the day <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why there's so many Toho songs in Sample it's because the player base was just Toho fans <laughs> 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 and they expanded from there I wish DDR was the same though um the new charts, I heard they once. Yeah, DDR has such a it has such a special place in my heart. It really does. I love DDR. I do. I love the game. It's such a fun. It's such a fun game. I in the rare occasion I could find a machine and hop on. It's like it's so exhilarating. I have a blast every single time. To be honest, I, I would prefer playing Pump It Up over DDR. I don't know. Pump It Up just seems more fun. <laughs> I like Pump. Its timing windows are way too loose for me to enjoy it, though. Ah, I see. They're like super loose. They're like the. I think they're the loosest windows I know of in any rhythm game. Really? Uh, for the most part. It's interesting. They're very loose. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Oh, but those They're not they're not symmetrical the either. Though. Oh. They're they're asymmetrical. Like it has a looser late window than it does an early window. That's really interesting actually. Like way looser. Yeah, like super loose late window. I've never heard of that. Actually, I've never really played nope, pump enough to know. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I looked it up one day. There's like this chart of all these timing windows for various games, and I'm like, what the hell? Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I see. All right, so the next one, the Osu scene. <laughs> Wait, you wanted to make a yeah. video about that, weren't you? Oh, I'm thinking about it. I don't know. The Osu YouTube. I don't scene. know. Like I've done a, a a decent amount of research, but I I just one I just don't know if I can get myself to watch enough videos to <laughs> aggregate all the data I need to. Quite frankly, but it would just pretty it would just be like summarized into various topics like how certain people review things and um common tropes like how you know certain popular trends like guessing oc ranks and osu setups and stuff those like stuff like that sets a precedent for up and coming creators so the more and more popular creators that do that the more likely it is that other people are going to be like oh this is what gets views so it just kind of creates this cycle especially since the whole motherfuckers be like trend that started oh god i where i i searched that up and sorted by recent and just in 24 hours there were like it was like 10 to 15 videos or something crazy and i was like what the hell and they all get so so many views trends like that alone just define um not even just the osu landscape because quite frankly osu has a pretty big monopoly over rhythm game content in general because i think about other game popular games like clone hero and I'm trying to think what else can really be on that level. I don't know if there's really anything else on the level. Maybe Beat Saber? Osu. Yeah, Beat Saber, that's a good point. Um, Beat Saber is just like, both Beat Saber and Clone Hero, it's mostly just people playing, playing the game. Yeah. There's not a lot of content about it. No one's really trying to do like extensive content or documentaries. Now I haven't done a lot of research on the Beat Saber things or Beat Saber side of things, so I could be wrong.
wrong, but just from what I've scrolled through and whatnot, I've I've not I've found nothing compared to what the Osu landscape does. There's a lot of personalities, I guess you can say, mm. that have evolved in the Osu tube scene. Like everyone's trying to be a YouTuber in Osu nowadays. <laughs> yeah, this is really interesting actually. Um I believe the Osu YouTube landscape only started really picking up uh in two thousand and thirteen. What Wolf Wolf he started making yeah. his videos. Although so good videos, they were more they God were gameplay. They were simple. He's such a great guy. Yeah. They were very entertaining, but just fun to watch videos, even though they were just gameplay. And I think he's the one that started up, started the the whole uh, big hand cam, small window trend. <laughs> I remember making that kind of videos back then because I was like, I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. And then slowly it evolved into, I believe the next big person was Mirai. I don't actually know what his first video of Osu that blew up. Actually, this is a lot of stuff that is worth looking into, like the timeline of evolution of Osu content. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a big part of how Osu content has evolved actually came from our Osu game and Twitter. Oh, there's your mistake. There, <laughs> if your derivation is from fucking Twitter out of all places. Um. Okay, so the thing is that <laughs> Twitter didn't start out completely, I mean, the way it is, we know. I mean, all, we know the right. both terrible things. You're both not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I deleted mine like eight months ago. Yeah, I remember asking you why you did that. <laughs> Twitter also content is not as terrible as... In fact, I would say that it's a step above Osu content, actually. Um, I started out Osu with a very elitist way of viewing content, actually. Like, uh, the very bottom of the list in social like hierarchy, in my opinion, for the Osu content creation is YouTubers. <laughs> bottom of the barrel. <laughs> That's what yeah. I see myself the same way as well. I'm just like, oh man, I am the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I try my best not to be, but uh, I know that I have resigned myself to this position. The next tier up would be the people who make content on Reddit. And then uh, after that would be actually Twitter's number one because Twitter mainly focuses on shit posts since there is a time limit in how long a video you can upload. So it right. becomes uh, go right to the point. And this means that you cannot upload entire gameplay videos. Mm-hmm. And and no compilation videos, no reaction videos, nothing like that. No 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 challenge videos. Just there's straight- so many compil- yeah. challenge videos. I almost forgot about that one. Yeah, challenge vi- like uh, I don't know. Like so, it's fine if you make one of them or something. But I feel like certain creators take advantage of such simple concepts. And they really try to push it as much as they can. Like, challenge where I play Osu with my feet or some shit. Or I play swapping hands, like crossing hands. Or, like, you can just farm content out of such simple concepts. And, like, you don't even have to play well. You don't have to, like, you just kind of have to react to your initial, I guess, like, whatever's going on at first. You're like, wow, this is kind of hard. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's that's the whole premise of the video. It's like, wow, this is kind of hard. All right, thanks for watching, everyone, after seeing eight minutes minutes of unfiltered gameplay <laughs> pretty much like th- i also have fallen into that hole unfortunately and i was aware when i was doing that kind of thing uh, there's always the play also with insert object here and i hate those videos i hate making those videos but they make so much money <laughs> like i'm not even ashamed at this point it's just right, uh, I have, right it's just it's just like i have nothing to put out this week just put something easy out like i went from trying to make something quality to just this and that's pretty much the lowest point i've hit on uh making videos pretty much and um, mm-hmm. I mean, I won't do that kind of stuff anymore unless it's genuinely interesting. Like my first play also with insert item here was actually the eye tracker. Like even right now, I still think that's actually an interesting idea since 
Of yeah. course, it's impossible to play with your eyes, but at the very least, people always claim they, they look at jumps. So at least you can hit the jumps, right? Turns out, no, you don't actually look at jumps. So that's some content, like something you actually learn. No, yeah, out you of can it. get yeah. some data. You can pull, you can, you can extract something from it. Yes. Yeah. Then just obviously this thing wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. That's my biggest issue is like when you watch Osu content, it's like, what are you extracting from it knowledge wise? Now, obviously, I'm not saying, oh, everything has to be factual or objective or like I make some dumbass content. I, I make some silly stuff every once in a while. And I think that's, you should do that. That's what YouTube is for. It's for expression, it's for fun. But, I feel like when you try to make content that passes off as informational, but it's there's no information like you can't there's it's just fluff. It's it's all fluff. Uh, like when I watch a keyboard review, like that was that was how my keyboard review video came about. My parody video. I watched a few of them and I was like, I'm, I'm not learning a single thing about this. They just read just out seeing, the spec sheet. <laughs> I'm, I'm just seeing what it looks like. And then I, I don't know. It's, and then they play for like two minutes. The typing test is what pisses me off the most. And I'm sorry if you've done this as well. Mm -hmm. but, but like, I didn't get it. I Like, I get it because they're trying to make an OC video or they're they're really making a keyboard review video, but passing it off as an OC video. So that way they can get the best of both worlds. Pretty much. So like, and I noticed that and I just thought that was kind of shitty because they're, people are like, oh, well, maybe I could buy this keyboard because it'll be good for Osu. But then at the same time, they're like, well, why is it good for Osu? What what does it do? Uh, it's, it's tactile. All right, sign me up. 150 USD going straight to Amazon, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think keyboard reviews are so lazy and they're they're not like pertinent to rhythm games at all. They're not rhythm game keyboard reviews. Now, granted, when I tried doing a few myself, like I tried my best at explaining what it does for certain skill sets for four key. And like, you know, I said, oh, for this keyboard, your hands won't shift as much since mm -hmm. they're more like since membrane switches are more grounded in. Like I, I think, try my best to explain. I think I know what. Right. I think I'm going to show you one clip. I just want Doki to say Binfi is pretty bad. So I can clip it and send it to him. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Oh, but if you guys want to hear the hard truth, the real truth about Osu YouTubers, you guys want to hear it? Okay. All Osu YouTubers are shit at Osu because they're too busy making videos and being funny and actually playing a game. Y'all suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's true. I mean, I think it's true to an extent, but at the same time, like being good at the game, I guess doesn't really have like a correlation between like reviewing stuff or making content because I think you can do both at the same time, but I guess certain content creators can focus too much on just trying to, yeah, like trying to be funny. That's probably the best point. They do try to be too much of a per uh, persona, which is fine. YouTubers do that all the time. I don't like to do that because I don't know. I just don't know how to be anyone else but myself. <laughs> Makes sense. But, um, I, I tried. I can't. But um, yeah, I don't know. No, I guess. I, I, the, I, I, the best way I can explain it, honestly, is because these players, they don't know enough about the game to be able to make a proper review. It's not only that uh, mm. I, I joke that they're bad. And I don't mean they're bad as in because you are under this skill level, you cannot review. It's because they don't know what they're supposed to review. The whole reason why like yeah. <laughs> my reviews, at first, at least they can't come off as credible is because I... I think I, we might have discussed this in our previous podcast. I'm not sure, but I've always approached Osu as a very, uh, in an analytical way, like just like you, as in you're very, the whole interest in the muscle groups for what makes it 
things work. I had the exact same idea before I actually became a YouTuber. I was just interested in typing up my entire research paper and like scientific findings in what is the most optimal way to play Osu. This is the kind of things that was going through my head. I'm not saying that I'm any better than all these other Osu YouTubers that they don't focus enough on the gameplay aspects. Just that there is it's a possibility that they don't think too hard on what really matters in the games. And the truth, the truth is, for a lot of these keyboards out there, it doesn't make a fucking difference. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. I know. Yeah, to, for the most part, yeah. And I think, like, it's fine to make a keyboard review here and there, but when you're reviewing, like, 10 keyboards on your channel and, like, they're not that different from it. It's one thing if they're completely different from each other, but, like, reviewing a blue switch and a red switch, like, what am I going to extract from that? Blue switches are heavier, red switches are lighter. There's your answer. I just I just summed everything up for you in like five <laughs> seconds. Brown switches are a high like brown switches are like the gold standard for Cherry MX. I'm gonna get a lot of shit for that, but take it from Stepmania players who have played the game for decades, like almost two decades now. We have determined that brown switches are the best out of the Cherry MXs. They just are. They're tactile. They don't last long, but they feel solid. They're faster. They're basically like reds with more control from our experience. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't understand, like, the point. Like, I could just grab, I get all these keyboards here. Wow. And be like, oh, this one's heavy. Uh, all right. Oh, this one is uh, Gatteron Browns. Pretty light switch. Done. Uh, membrane keyboard. Uh, $10. Pretty good. Good control. Good quality. Done. Um, that's the same keyboard. Uh... That's also the same keyboard. Why do you have to do the same keyboard? Uh, <laughs> I'm running out of keyboards. Oh, this thing sucks. I'm never reviewing <laughs> this thing again. Um, Wait, did a key just break oh, yeah, off? I spent $160 on this and forgot to return it. That's a This doesn't duck work at all either. Is so. that? This thing's all right. I'll, I'll put this one back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There. Usually when I you... just gave them eight keyboards. I just gave Osu keyboard reviewers eight keyboards to review. <laughs> Flush them out to eight. Eight minutes. Yeah. I'm pretty Just sure. say a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. about... Just mm -hmm. get a bunch of close-ups. Get a good camera. Good camera angles. Don't add any insightful commentary. And then show like six minutes of you playing like a D&B remix of an anime song. I believe that... Uh, yeah, I noticed that people do this. And I remember when uh, the, f the keyboard thing started like blowing up I specifically told myself to avoid keyboards <laughs> not because I'm like claiming to be different it's just that I I'm an Osu player I mean I was I, I don't know if I am I'm not I don't know it doesn't matter I just didn't feel compelled to click on the video that's all like uh, keyboard videos are actually on their own they're actually not very popular but yeah it's that also on the title there's a lot more people to watch um, yeah it's I just don't get it I don't know I, I don't I don't understand them I tried watching a few of them and like I think the worst is when and this I think you did this too hmm? It was like a sponsored keypad, and I was like, ooh. I, I, whenever I see sponsored keyboard reviews or keypad reviews, I'm a lot less inclined to watch them because... Uh, makes sense. I'm, I'm like... Uh, and also I hate keypads because I think hot swaps are complete bullshit and they don't last long on average. Like from talking to people, they're a complete gamble. They can work well or they can just... They won't even... Like they'll start double tapping after like two days. Mm. That's the so why waste forty dollars? Why waste forty dollars on two keys when you can get like a billion keys? And this is a two hundred dollar keyboard, and mm -hmm. you're still getting technically more value. And the other thing about keyboards is that you can have like different like there's a slight angle in a keyboard, so you can mm -hmm. adjust your wrist position a lot easier and stuff. I I don't know. I don't get keypads. I hate them. I hate them with a passion. I know you have one. Uh -huh. 
I, I'm sorry, but I just it has, can't this has them. this has an incline. Does it really? Yes. What the hell is that? I've it's never a, even seen that before. This is a prototype. That's this the whole reason. The whole reason why I'm using it is not because I like keypads. It's because I'm testing this. This oh, uses. Who the hell made that? Uh, is a company called Lotus Pro. They are they are aiming to make the best Osu keypad possible, which means that their oh, PCB. Oh, those look so much better. Which means that their PCB is not using Arduino. And this means that you won't have double tapping or like breaking inputs pro uh, problems. And I believe they're oh, trying. Those look so much better. They're trying their best to make it as good as possible. Basically, they, they kind of noticed all the issues with keypads, and they're trying to fix everyone every bit of it. And that's why I'm testing this. Except that this is fuck this shit. <laughs> I want to use these two fingers. <laughs> oh yeah. what? Ew! Why would you do that? Oh, because if you, you can't, can't you, you can't hmm? trill as fast. Hmm? Oh no! If you're using three these fingers, fingers at are once. what? Think about it. The middle key doesn't press anything, right? So when you do this, it's faster. <laughs> that's also that's the also that's also the reason why I hate keypads that are ring index, because they don't add a key in the middle. Ring. I can't imagine playing ringed because these these fingers are stronger. Like your middle and your index fingers. No, so naturally you would use this those. This is this is stronger actually, because this one connects more down to the muscle here. If you if you actually get used to it, so you will be more stable. Well, yeah, your point, your your point, yeah, your index finger and your middle finger. No. Mm. Oh wait. Oh no. You're using your what? There's no way. I can't even fit. I can't even move my fingers when I do that. Exactly. But the thing is, the, the thing about ring index is that it's actually a play style that you have to get used to doing it and the thing is that um if you force yourself not to move your middle finger it will it will lock this finger so that's why if you do this you you technically you're utilizing your entire muscle here but okay oh, but the, oh, the, the feels the awful but the true reason <laughs> why i use ring index is because these two fingers they get they, they not lock very easy basically um mm -hmm. uh and when they get stressed enough oh interesting yes and um, when I used to swap to these two fingers, they it stopped doing that. So this it's just a practicality reason. Um, I believe that right. um, I have not made a video on keypads at all that wasn't the capacitive touch one. And at least the capacitive touch one, there's a there's a there's a I see a point. You can't get a capacitive touch keyboard at least. That's to my knowledge. There isn't like a touch screen. I just think they're too. I just think they're too expensive. I don't know. It's just my logic is. Mm -hmm. Why pay $40 for two keys when you can just get a billion keys on a much bigger and solid surface for like uh, 60 bucks even. You can pick up a good mech keyboard if you really um, look for like 60 to 80 bucks. I mean, it's, this is this is genuinely a very first world problem kind of thing. Most people buy because uh, maybe they want the portability, but that's the most I can think of. Portability. This is the most practical yeah, that's, that's reason. all I can think of. Yeah. And uh, for me, the reason why I would swap the keypad is because I don't want two keyboards on my table. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, do I really want to use Holy Pandas and freaking also standard? You and this thing still hasn't been flashed to our thousand hertz. This thing still at running at one one twenty five. Gross. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, but I just think logically, it's just, I don't know. I just, I just never would understand buying one. And even when I bought that four key keypad from Etsy, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's cheap. It's thirty bucks for four keys. But I'm like, do you realize how many keys are on a keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> the reason why keyboards are so cheap is because they are mass produced. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like um, making like mass producing a PCB, one PCB is ten dollars already, mm. and that's for like a thousand of them. And then think of <laughs> think of the the the, the costs of cutting and the here and then the keycaps and the cable. And What's that mean? It's it's just kind of a, I don't know. It's kind of a novelty product. It's like an expensive novelty product in Definitely. my opinion. <laughs> I remember I saw Zudi playing on one. I mm -hmm. asked her like, I was like, oh wow, like a top player is like using a key because I've never seen like a top top player using one before, mm -hmm. or at least like 
for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Turns out she ditched it. <laughs> she actually ditched it. Uh, and it was just like an older score of hers. She's like, yeah, I use a keyboard now and this and that. Wait, why, and did like, oh, okay. she, why did she ditch it though? Um, I'm trying to remember. Because uh, it wasn't like, the video wasn't from super long ago. I asked her like why she was even using a keypad to begin with because I was just so thrown off about it. Yeah, so we were like, a p- couple of people in the comments were talking about how like they can be kind of shaky in terms of quality and then she eventually responded with like that they could be hit or miss like keypads could be very hit or miss since they're hot swappable and she said it was fun to try different switches but she was getting double tapping and late inputs double tapping that is my that's the biggest thing that can happen with hot swap switches or just you know stable and switch stable switches in general or unstable switches i mean so like that's another reason why it, you know, why buy something like while wow, you can switch switches around a lot and you can buy switches for pretty cheap, but you run into the risk of like having a good run just ruined because your switch happens to start over tapping or something. That's the thing I'm really confused about because from how hot swap sockets work, I can't see how it would cause double tapping. Usually if double tapping happens, it's inside the switch itself. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. That's strange because... I've just I, I I think Senya actually was talking because Senya hates hot swaps. Mm-hmm. Senya hates hot swap switches. I think he can explain that a lot better. But yeah, um, I, I, that's just I, like I the extent talk, of my knowledge. I have talked to him about the whole hot swap thing before. I mean, I had to talk to him for the polling video, which I included in the video itself about the hot swap might cause issues with cause the splitting or mm-hmm. or inputs. And interestingly, when I talked to the manufacturer of this, uh, they said that realistically. The sockets would doesn't make sense that it would cause issues. Think about it. It's like a you know the switch diagram. Why would yeah, 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 why would the two ends cause double inputs when it's the switch itself that can cause double inputs? Why would the two ends cause it? Yeah, I'm not sure. This 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 what sockets it, it, are. There's the two there's the two li- lines and the switch itself is that thing that closes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's like an external factor that can affect it or maybe how you strike the switch or. It like, could be the board, but I'm not sure. There's so many things that could go wrong with this. That's why I'm very curious. I, I really want to break this thing as soon as possible because I want to see if this thing is actually is it would actually cause problems because so far it hasn't dis- been destroyed. But I'm going to have to mess with this a lot before I can ish- find issues. Yeah. Um, oh, anyways, back to... Um, just oh, like, right. We straight. Kind of like the one-dimensional <laughs> landscape of um, just OSU tubers. I don't know. I think a lot of them. So what I've noticed, a lot of them have really good production value. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. They got these high quality cameras and like really good microphones. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, am I watching? Uh, am I in heaven or something? Like everything's <laughs> so bright and like well produced. And I don't know. I, I everything. I always feel like it's um when something it's is like wrapped up borrowing, in a nice. It's package. like they're borrowing stuff from other games, like what other successful influencers from other games do, mm-hmm. and using those personas or like tropes from those personas into osu like with the way they act the way they introduce things like uh, like the editing style too like i don't know it's there's certain youtubers i watch and i'm like you replace osu with fortnite and i wouldn't notice the difference in terms of like (laughs) quality or whatever to be honest i think just i think that's how content creation works in general you know we all are not original at all you know no one is truly original well everything has inspirations of course Mm -hmm. i guess a lot of cliches have 
made their way into the osu tube landscape or like people will find ways to make very easy content like i said osu setup videos keyboard reviews guessing osu ranks like people will keep doing that over and over again because it's such because it you can it you get a different result every time but it's mm-hmm. the same concept so when you can find the thing that's the biggest thing with youtube when you can find something you can that do works. yeah yeah when you can find something you can do that produces a different enough result to be entertaining enough to where it's not too bland you've pretty much cracked the code <laughs> that's true oh. everyone's going to be reacting to reddit soon on osu koi fish is already one step ahead so he'll have 300k by the end of this year 300k dang he, he is growing give him a few fans. reddit give him give, give him a few reddit videos i really if you guess your osu I, I really admire his the his his videos to be honest they are always they feel so clickable and that's a very, very, very good skill, <laughs> by the way. This is this is where we're gonna go way off the rails in terms of like our differences because I physically can't get myself to click on videos on people who pose for thumbnails for the most part. Mm-hmm. If I see something that looks like a forced thumbnail, I willingly don't click on it. Yeah. Because when someone tries too hard to make their video clickable, in my head, I process that as, oh, well, then the base video probably isn't as good as it made out to be. I know that's a that's probably not a good mindset, but at the same time, I just, I don't know. It just seems, I, don't I just know hate about, people who... I don't know about who, you, like, but um, I'm exactly the same. I have this extremely latest way of looking at <laughs> thumbnails and stuff. I relate 100%. But the thing is that if mm-hmm. they somehow, it's like, I know a part of me is like, whoa, this is really interesting. I want to click on it. And then the other part of me is just like, holy shit, it's bad and clickbait, dude. You know, that kind of feeling. Especially with, uh, let's say, um, Reddit, Reddit, Reddit text to speech channels. Like, I know their content oh, farm. Oh, God. And, and another I part of me is just like, yo, that's this. interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. No, it's like, see, like I don't, <laughs> I, I don't feed into it. I can't get, I can't get myself. You know what to, I do? I'm too, prin- I'm too principled. That's that's my thing. I copy the link. I downloaded it on another website, so I don't give them the view, watch time, or air revenue. <laughs> that's a <laughs> little hypocritical. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's really hypocritical. But the thing is, like, this the, actually this the this is the number one reason why I don't I don't uh, have YouTube Premium. I really want to get YouTube Premium. Except the thing is, if I have YouTube Premium. If I click on a video that that I feel like it's it it was a balance like ad revenue like clickbait I've I've given it mon- money anyway you know because I just I just avoid it I don't know I I'm such a stubborn per like that's one thing people learn about me I'm very principled like I'm very stubborn like mm-hmm. if I if I believe in something that I think is right I stick to that like mm-hmm. and like I said with thumbnails like if I see and again I'm gonna bring up koi, like if I have mm-hmm. to see another fucking koi fish with his face like can't stand it it's like this is gonna come off really bad it's like Mm -hmm. a punchable face that's the first thing that comes to my mind i'm not saying i don't have i have a i have a very punchable face but it takes one to know one i guess i just i i I can't stand forced thumbnails i guess it's there's a difference between a goofy thumbnail and making one specifically because it's going to get it adds something or something like that like it's different if you make a thumbnail that is a like is attractive and goofy and like for fun but when you make one that is specifically to get views like that is your sole intention more or less you've just like lo- i don't know you've kind of lost a bit of respect for me i just see and i can it usually as a, tell the difference i just see it as a great marketing tool like i yeah well i'm a marketing major uh-huh. and i fucking hate marketers <laughs> I, if there's one thing i know about marketing is that i hate it if from doing it for four years in college i hate it um i just it's i don't know for me i'm I just mean, too i'm like mm-hmm. i mean it makes sense you know how it works and you know how 
far it can go, right? <laughs> it's so it's brain dead. I hate it. <laughs> yikes. I mean, for Koi Fisher's videos, uh, him and his, uh, it, him putting himself in his thumbnails, I noticed that they were kind of, uh, there weren't a variety of expressions I noticed. But to me, I just saw it as either one, what you said, or two, well, it's, it's a way to show viewers like the fastest way that this is their video. This is, this, because yeah, I noticed that I, I other mean, people do that. I actually. get that. A lot of people actually don't put their faces in the thumbnail because of the whole like shock face thing. They actually do it because it, it instantly shows people that this is uh, a video by them. So it becomes instantly recognizable. That's how I see it. Like uh, I've seen people like uh, Drew Gooden doing it, uh, Danny Gonzalez, <laughs> and I don't. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see it as him doing it for clickbait. I just see it as no, I, it's well, him. It's like fair, a I see a lot more. I see a lot more genuity in their content, though. So, like when I see their thumbnails, they just look goofy to me. They mm-hmm. don't look forced or anything. That's I mean, there's a, there's a difference between genuine goofiness and like faking faking it till you make it. That's what I'm trying to get at. I see. Hmm, I don't know how I see Coffee's then. I feel like he's really creative, actually. Surprisingly. I think he's creative. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to agree to disagree on that, I suppose. But huh? when I, mean, I, mean, I said we'll have to agree. I think he's creative in a way that I can't believe he can come up with so many things that like are very watchable. I don't know how you do that. Like it's very it's very easy to push out content that like people like is obviously asking for views, but it's also very difficult to make one that works. At the same time also deliver. I mean, he still delivers in his content. That's what that's all I care about. It's not technically it's not clickbait. And um I think a lot of how it can come across as forced is a part of his personality actually. Because um, he seems like a very naturally laid-back person and he is trying to be more outgoing, I think. It, it, it comes oh, he's probably a fine person. I just don't like anything he does. That's <laughs> the thing. I, we're all, a lot of us on the platform are adults. We can mm-hmm. we can not like each other's content but still be fine as people at the end of the day. Oh, no, like, I'm not saying in like a kind of like in a personal way. I'm just saying that no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. his persona comes across as, you can tell that he's a laid-back person, but he tries to be... Uh, more talkative or outgoing but at the same time I just realized that I, I looked in the mirror I'm just like yeah I'm this exact same person too shit <laughs> that's the problem that's, in a way I can relate to how he operates he's, he's he's supposed to be chill I believe and he is chill he comes across that way although his ideas seem way more far out like than, than like his personality so like the disconnect can come can come across as jarring or forced that's what I felt I, I suppose yeah I get what you mean I, I mm-hmm. get what you mean I think that like I think you're making a much better case now that i'm kind of like mm-hmm. hearing a bit more of it but i don't know um i think just osu youtube as a whole it's just it's not risky enough i feel like mm-hmm. there's not enough risks being taken uh with osu content my favorite content creator osu content creator at the moment stephen clark by far very like he's basically done everything that i've looked for in a documentary uses music to his advantage good voice like projects his voice properly he you know does it on like very recognizable things and you know it just sounds like he's making stuff that he wants to be proud of like stuff he can look back on later and be like wow i put a lot of effort and soul into that and like that mm-hmm. was a genuinely good video i made his everything will freeze video and his um i forget the other song i don't know how to pronounce it but good good videos oh, genuinely this solidly person. produced yes Oh, I like I, I I should watch this person. I see some really interesting things here. Oh, the January Kaiko video. I saw it in my recommended, except that I just wasn't really interested in finding out about January Kaiko because I was around when it happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw his everything will freeze video and I I don't know. I guess I just trusted him as a creator enough to 
I can click on it and expect a good video. That's that's kind of what I look for. Like if, when I see a good video and I'm like, oh, I like this guy's style in general. Like when you when I like a person's style of video, that alone could just make me like inclined to watch their stuff more, even if it's not stuff I like. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of like what I try to do. Like I don't do shit because it gets views. I don't do shit because it, it's going to do well. I do stuff because I like to do it and I try to do it in a consistent style to where people can recognize it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Man, that reminds me a lot when I first started making videos. Um, it's a little sad how far I've gotten. <laughs> oh, no, I, no, I just no, don't want to no. be famous. I know this sounds weird. I don't want to be famous. No, YouTube, do not make me remotely famous. I don't even want to hit six digits for all I care. Mm-hmm. I want to have just a dedicated fan base that I can just kind of just be with and be fine financially off of that. Maybe I probably need more subscribers or views to be financially stable, but... Whatever that bare minimum number is, I would like to reach that and just stay there. I I don't know. I guess I guess the more popular you get, the weirder shit gets. Like more people try to talk to you Change and reach you. out to you and tra- yeah, it's it's like like I said, it's like Bohemian Grove shit. Like mm-hmm. everyone's just I don't know. I feel like the more popular content creators, the weirder they are on average. Wait, obviously, is in what way weirdo? I guess they're just they're not as like they don't come off as like as transparent of a person because. Oh. Especially because, I mean, naturally, the more popular you get, the more the harder it becomes to be more vulnerable as a person. Oh, okay. You know what? Let's, let me be real, real, real honest now then. Okay. So for the most part, I have a persona on all the fucking time because I've learned from Twitter that I cannot say absolutely anything. And I've, the only time I've been absolutely real in a video is my today's video, I believe. I might as well be more real with you right now since we're speaking anyway and you're being really honest. Um, I can't even remember what I wanted to say. <laughs> You were saying about the whole, they feel fake, right? I feel that all the time, that uh, the bigger someone is, the harder is to feel that they're being genuine. And yeah, I feel myself following in the same way. I come up the most safest opinions ever. Although the thing is that I try not to say things that I, um, that I don't believe in. I just, it's called filter, selective filtering. And I know that you can recognize the filters. And I'm pretty sure you can tell that I've been very filtered with you. Oh, well, filter in general anyway. Although, I think it's it's gotten to the part that is a part of my personality that I... I have just changed... Instead of seeing myself as I'm filtered, I've changed it to the point of... Yeah, I just kind of don't care, bro. <laughs> they mm. do. They, they... I mean, I think there is a good point in, in different things. Like, for example, let's say Koi Fishu. Um, yeah, when I first saw his content, I was just kind of like, oh, oh my... And at the same time... But then, after a while, I said to just turn it around to... He actually makes... He's a very clever person, that's why I say very very clever and i admire how his he managed to get a community to get together and support him so well although he is attracting the very um lowest denominator crowd that i absolutely hated when a long time ago at this point who cares they just do they the only thing the thing is like there's no point being so stringent about what other people do even though it, it can be pretty annoying to see to be honest but i think whenever you post a video or anyone posts a video, they are immediately open to criticism of any kind. Mm -hmm. And I think when it shapes such a notable, more or less meta that other creators end up doing down the line, like with like how, like the common Osu tropes I described Mm -hmm. before, I think at that point you should be criticized. If anything, I think there's not enough criticism going around in rhythm games. Like, and I'm not like, Anything I say is never directed towards mm-hmm. the person. It's always directed towards the creator. Mm-hmm. If I say, I think this guy, I think if I say X person's cr- um, content sucks, you know, 
Obviously, I'm not going to make a video about that because it's going to come off as personal. It's going to come right, off whatever. Right, right. So that sometimes I try to I generalize to it. No, it's not that you come off as personal. It's just that the thing, the reason why big creators end up becoming so censored is because when you have a bigger, bigger platform, you are responsible for the things you put on it. So in a way, I'm putting myself in jeopardy if I put this on my channel right now because I, I think that to an extent, to an extent, I think you can only be so responsible because when because at that point you're you are censoring yourself and while you should be careful with what you say when you're making valid points or you're making arguments like if you're saying anything negative you know the viewer has the free will to understand like okay i agree with this i don't agree with this anything that happens afterwards yeah shit can hit the fan and things can go bad but what's better speaking your mind and getting a message out there which i think is what youtube should be all about or you know not being able to express your true opinions and just having this one dimensional platform where everything's all glitter and mm -hmm. unicorn shitting and stuff like that. So I mean, I don't know. Obviously, sense. there's I said the, yeah, the, the, there, there's a fine line. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between slandering and criticizing. And yeah, I think a lot of people I think a lot of people are just critiques or mm -hmm. critics. But I think things are getting like. It's mm -hmm. so easy to shake things up and twist people's words nowadays with social media that any a lot of things you could say could just come off as slanderous or preposterous or, <laughs> you know, so it just depends how how much courage you have yourself or how confident you are in your word. And, you know, you just got to be prepared for the backlash. So if like if I call out Konami, which is a corporation mm -hmm. and I say, hey, fix your game, you guys suck. I could say that. That's a valid thing to say. I don't think I'm saying anything bad. I think I'm just expressing my opinion. It's more. And I don't think the, enough people do that. It's more of the the, reper the social repercussion of not social repercussion of just the effects of punching down versus punching up. When you punch up as someone like us on a platform, Konami doesn't listen to us. We are nobody to Konami. Nobody knows us. More people know who Konami is. And it's easy for, easier for us to criticize them because it comes from a place where nobody would listen to us. And But the difference between oh, punching... I'll make sure they listen. <laughs> the difference is that... I'll make sure they listen. <laughs> I hope you do, I guess. It'll be quite interesting to oh, see. Oh, I, 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 know, I know who to contact if I need them to listen. So. All right. The difference is that when you start punching down is when things can start... Uh, reaching the lines of uh, bullying because okay we can't we can't control what we say we we can choose to put the video up or not but the problem is that we can't control how the audience reacts to our video and that's the issue because the thing is we are technically in a position of power where we have huge influence on the people that are watching us these people who are watching me and watching you they are watching us because they already like us they already see us as reliable people they're more likely to believe what we're saying. And there are people, not all of the viewers are going to go and attack whoever, but it's, there are going to be a few of people who take it wrongly, as in mm -hmm. not take what we say wrongly and criticize us. It's more of they would hear everything we said wrongly, see as this person bad, and then start like, attacking them. In a way, we've opened like a gateway of like a part, uh, the terrible part of people, our audience, to whoever we've criticized, you know? Yeah. Who cares? Oh, boy. That's, that's, I, I, that's going to happen. Like, you can't make risky content and not expect risky repercussions. You can't, like, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Rhythm game content just feels way too safe. I just don't, like, I, I, it just, I don't know. It just feels way too corporate or friendly. And if it's not friendly, it's just about, like, making lewd anime jokes at worst. Like, that's, like, as risky as Osu content gets. It's not like, hey, this person's content is stale 
they're milking this for views, this and that, and like it's genuinely affecting the platform. And here's my case for it. You as a creator should have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're facing a big risk stirring up drama, which is why you should be very careful doing so. But I'm, I don't think by principle there should be virtually no content about that. I think it is possible to make valid criticisms towards a specific creator even because people do do that. People mm-hmm. do that a lot. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think like and even my critiques are usually they're pretty innocuous compared to what most people actually say. What the people say is a lot different than probably what I'm going to say. Like, I've probably said some dumb shit on this podcast Mm -hmm. already that people can easily take out of context and say, oh, Etienne's a fucking retard. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, my God. He just said that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I said that. What I if you know, if you want to DM me, we'll we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll own up to it. I made if I made a mistake, I'll own up to it. But you can't like. You can't stay behind safe doors forever and when it, to, when it comes to like stuff you want to express. Mm-hmm. I bet there's so many people that want to make risky content or speak their mind about a specific thing. And whether it flops or not, it's like, you know, you got to you're not you're not going to know until you try. Mm-hmm. And I think I've even been too safe with my content, even with my most negative videos, my DDRV video. I think I held back way too much. I think I held back with um, even with my new Konami video that's going to be out soon. I think I pulled a decent amount of punches there, too. Like, yeah, criticism is it's completely a genre that hasn't been explored enough. I agree. It's always the most interesting kind of content to watch. But the thing, yes, criticism is a very fine line to walk. A very, very fine line. <laughs> I think it's become a fine line to me. Like, I think it's it's become a lot more controversial than it should be. The note, the notion of criticism. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying. I'm not trying to get too philosophical and like try and stay on topic of rhythm games because, like, I don't know. I've never like I, the last video I saw critiquing a rhythm game was the top 15 worst DDR charts. And he and this guy did it in the voice of Chills from top 15s. Oh my God, it was hysterical. And he's just <laughs> dunking on all these bad DDR charts with like very insightful commentary too. And like, oh my God, it it, it had like okay, um, probably had like 90% ratings or like ratio, but oh my God, it was one of the best video vibes. It felt like a breath of fresh air seeing someone like say, hey, these charts suck. And I was like, yeah, they do fix them <laughs> like that's my process i'm like yeah i feel like someone's on board finally to be honest like, i don't know just little <laughs> things like that can just make the rhythm games much more interesting to watch that's... i'm not saying there needs to be drama i'm saying there needs to be criticisms like like something gets accomplished at the end of the day but okay so the thing is okay now i think i remember okay criticizing is a lot easier than coming up with a solution now the question would be, what would you want to see in the in Osu content then? I want to see people critiquing like stuff like combo scoring, or people saying how like note lock hasn't been fixed in forever, or people saying like like valid um, concerns like is laser going to be as it's hyped up to be, uh, like the general mapping landscape. Um, trying to think what else or like the pp system are players too centralized with certain skill sets should skill sets be split up or should pp be split up into like multiple skill sets and then you average them out and stuff like that like there's so many things you can critique about osu alone and people have far better knowledge of the game than me that can easily make those types of videos but uh, you know people don't want to watch that um and i guess that attributes to it being a younger demographic 
just mm. from speculation for Osu. It could be a demographic kind of dissonance you have going on. Like the but, issues that... Like I said, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of things. Like not even with people, just within the game itself, no, you no. can even critique so many things. The issue is that not sadly, the superior taste is not popular. <laughs> yeah, that's my true opinion. This, the, the the stuff that's actually good is not popular. Like my honestly, my favorite like Osu video is the, the Taikonita commercial. It's a it's just an animation of the Taikonita mascot, the one they were trying to the ship post they were trying to win, and he was talking at a sexy voice asking you to come to bed. That's 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 the best vi- Osu video I've seen, and it's it's just it's not popular. And I've come <sighs> to realize that it's people's general taste is very different. From what? No, and I, I and I know that, and I'm just an old man shaking his fist at, at the clouds, <laughs> saying like, you know, you gotta learn to enjoy good oh. content, like Pishy Fat and Mo, mm-hmm. like those two in particular. Wow, they stand out like sore thumbs, yes. and they're not even active anymore. And when I found that out, I was like heartbroken. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I digital really like Hypno lately. Mm-hmm. Digital Hypno made a phenomenal video on covering all of the skill sets. Yes, and, I've like, seen that one fantastic video i didn't get to watch too much of it but the parts i did watch like he obviously knows what he's talking about and he looks like looking at all his past content it was like super basic like osu content and then out of nowhere he just comes like that is the transformation content creators need to do i don't i mean not need to do but i think should do if they want to see like longevity in the platform i think if you want to see longevity with Mm -hmm. your community you need to branch out to other content and learn how to make more fleshed out and provoking videos i think that is it depends because you see the whole uh the videos that you pointed out they're just a different genre there's people out there who just prefer watching skits or pranks and things like that like for example yeah that's fine yeah now the thing is i just think there are not enough people doing Mm. it and i think there's content creators that have the potential like the potential's there and they're not utilizing it that's what i mean (laughs) you're talking about me (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm just like a general I mean no, I even, honestly I didn't even think about that but I meant more general no, sense no I'm joking I'm joking I knew you weren't talking about me. <laughs> although actually you have a point I thought I used to think exactly like you back then which is which is why back then I tried to mishmash both of the kind of content you're talking about see people prefer watching skits right people prefer watching um, funny videos on Osu it's it's thing that goes round and round self feeling cycle like you said but at the same time things like aspects of the game is so much more interesting to talk about isn't it and that's what i tried to do back then the thing is that my airman video airman plays osu that video it looks like uh, a shitty uh, like uh, lowest denominator oh it's airman clickbait airman but the truth is that if you actually watched the video and understood what if you look past all the humor all the the the, the parody the entire video was actually shitting on sotax <laughs> the entire video the the, the meaning of the video was sotax maps suck it's so bad that you can replace the song in the background with literally anything and it will fit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I did see yes. that. Yeah. This this is the kind of meanings I put in my videos back then. I mean, not saying that it's much better than um it's it's good enough or I just know that the kinds of videos I made, they were the things that I knew people could make. And the times when I'm making these videos, I made a lot of these kinds of stuff that I, I parody stuff because I knew that just take one aspect of the game. Like you want to talk about broken sliders? Okay, you can you can take it, exaggerate it as much as you can, know a problem. But the, but the thing is, a lot of Osu content creators and a lot of people on Osu, they don't know enough. That's why I said the Osu YouTubers are bad at the game. Not because I don't mean like bad literally. I just mean that they don't 
know enough. That's why I stopped making like these kinds of osu content because I just stopped playing the game. I stopped keeping up the game. I can't talk about uh, let's say um, uh, stylus, uh how to break the two B stylus or whatever and, and make it into a joke video with like an underlying like mm. knowledge because I just don't follow the game anymore. You'd be surprised like how many top players in rhythm games in general just don't know their own game. Like they can't explain certain terminologies that well. So if you ask them how do I improve at this or that they just probably won't have an answer. They just won't even answer you. It's Or they'll just have like a very simple explanation like the whole play more meme. That's probably where it came from more or less because like certain top players that just don't know how to explain their own success which makes sense because certain rhythm games like or rhythm games in general you can pick them up pretty fast like uh, I've seen people pick up rhythm games and just know how to play right off the bat I'm like how do you how do you know how to do this already Uh, (laughs) so they just they get good really fast hit their peak skill level Mm -hmm. and then yeah I don't know they just they can't explain their own game that's why so many players they just play the game they don't they don't need to explain their own skill sets because they're playing does all the talking already (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if anyone's aside though Asai is, is like the perfect example. Asai, he's a oh, clone hero YouTuber. Yeah. yeah, and like super popular player, has like over a million subs, great player. But, and people, you, you would think at first, people have the impression that, oh, he's just an influencer, this and that. But then like he gets down to like, he gets down to explaining a lot of uh, certain tricks and tips on like certain patterns. And you're like, damn, he really knows his shit. And he's, he's like this big YouTube content creator. So I think like you shouldn't assume all the time that a popular player doesn't know what they're talking about if they come off as like a generic influencer or whatever but there are people that like i don't know if you ask them to make a tutorial on something they'd be like oh. i have no idea you know <laughs> i think it takes a certain kind of personality to be like the kind that like would go in depth with things mm-hmm. mm. because not everybody like plays a game and they think about oh they think about like every aspect about it some people just want right. to play yeah they could just brute force their way to get good i always call it monkey mode i see no i hit note and, then, <laughs> and there you go you get good at rhythm game and i always call it there's um like all the stamina players like how people get good at stamina in rhythm games i always call it monkey stamina because they're not thinking they're just playing as until their arms hurt <laughs> and then I they mean, just get really good i for stamina that's pretty much the only way unless it's trading a certain kind of pattern stamina that's that's at least my very loose knowledge on how it would work like uh, a, a marathon map of thrills is very different from like uh, a, a different kind of pattern you know well yeah I well I like to break it down to like time distribution like how long are you taking between songs what's your technique like during the mm-hmm. patterns are you conserving enough are you you know stuff like that but other people are they just go until they can't play anymore they <laughs> uh, till failure that which is a popular lifting term just go until failure <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense Man, I wanted to say something, but I forgot. But I think it's, I think your insight on how the Osu YouTuber scenes is very interesting. Uh, would you be making a video on it though? I don't know. I don't know if I'd be like. I don't think. I don't know if at the end of the day, I would get the message across I want to get across, and I like all everything I'd be saying is like with the intention of wanting to improve the landscape. It's not meant to diminish anyone. Mm-hmm. It's not my goal. I don't benefit from just shitting on people. No, like I be the change you want to see. Like so, I want to see something change. So I'm going to heavily criticize it if I feel like my act or my words are justified enough. So like that, that's always my goal when I try to do stuff like that. And if people do get offended, you know, I can only control so much. Like it's at that point, it's up to you if you want to be affected by what I say personally. Mm-hmm. Like I don't intend it for it to be that way. But if you take it that way, I, I can't control that. I just I can't. <laughs> I see. <laughs> 
I'm sorry if it did. I am, but I can't control it. If I say, oh, this person's very one dimensional, their content's boring, it's formulaic, this and that. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, well, what were you expecting me to say? Like, <laughs> I was as nice as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. I think um, it's a very interesting line, honestly, because um, your, your opinions come from a place of genuinity. You know, the whole, you want things to become better. You want, it seems to be almost like you think everyone is like you, actually. Because you see, right? Not everyone makes videos because they want they, they want to make good videos. Some people mm. do it for, like, there's a lot of reasons. Let's say uh, the views, the revenue, um, the support, the fact that it works, uh, staying in the comfort zone. There's also other reasons like the fact that making a good video takes so much time. And they don't want to die in the YouTube algorithm. They don't want to become, uh, well, irrelevant, you know. And some people, they just they would, they just prefer making different kind of content. And they, they would prefer to do what they excel in. If it's if what they excel in is being a one-dimensional character, according to you, well, then it'll be quite curious to see them try to play something else, honestly, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. And I'm not hoping for this dystopian world where everyone's making super in-depth content. And I don't think all content needs to be in-depth. I think, like... You can make fun, like you're supposed to make fun content. You're supposed to make stuff you can just turn your brain off to. Like it's the same thing with music. Mm -hmm. But I think there comes a point where like you can only do it for so long. And I get worried sometimes that some people are just going to fizzle out and like almost run out of ideas or it can shape the way up and coming people come onto the platform. They're like, oh, well, this does well. I guess I'm just going to do the same thing, but with like a slight tinge to it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of to prevent this, um, I'm trying to think of the word, precedent, like trying to prevent a precedent from making the landscape even more one-dimensional than I frankly think it already is. Hey, so, um, have you considered that maybe the person who sees the other sees an influencer doing something like that and they think to themselves, hey, I want to be like that. I should do something like that because that's what works. Maybe, maybe that just means that they're not really the original, like in-depth like, kind of people that would make good content in the first place because <laughs> they're going well, yeah. for the easiest thing <laughs> what i mean though it's it's to get the point is to get people out of that mindset i think like mm -hmm. it's it's to get people to think on their own and have and you know like when they make a video it's like oh i want to make a good video like i want to make a video because it'll do well but also it has my own identity like some like i think some people like don't even have their own identity anymore <laughs> and i'm not trying to psychoanalyze no, no, anyone no, i'm, not, I'm saying right. from a i'm saying from a content creator standpoint that like they have uh, just, they're in such an awkward position where i can't even tell like their identity anymore with what they truly like to make or want to make honestly i think and so you make a lot of sense yeah and so i just i just don't want other people to fall into that same realm where everyone's just kind of jerking each other off making the same content and collabing with each other doing all these osu setup and guessing videos and i, I don't know it's just I think they're fine in moderation, but it comes a point until that is what that's the only thing that will do well in the OSUTube landscape. Like people like Pishy, Mo, and Digital Hypno, you know, they're they're not taking off as much as they should, but god damn it, they'll always have my respect. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I wish the best for them. I hope they set the precedent for what's to come in the future because I think if we have more people like them really trying their best at create oh Stephen Clark too and uh Brum Masters be getting better, like people like them that are actively trying to improve. Like some of their content was not that good in the beginning, but you can tell they've tried at improving more, and especially like digital hypno and Brum Master I bring up the most is because their content wasn't that great to start out with. But you know what they did? They fixed their shit they revamped what they did they assessed what was wrong and what mm -hmm. wasn't and now they're making great
great content? Is it doing, are all the bangers? Not yet, but I think the more and more people that have that mindset, the faster, you know, things can balance out a bit more. So we can have a balance of normie content and more nuanced content. I think there should be a balance. Like I said, there shouldn't be this dystopian world where (laughs) everything is this high and mighty pretentious bullshit where we're spouting out all these in-depth knowledge about things. But the issue is that I noticed since the very start is that in-depth content just takes a lot more to make and not everybody has that personality to make it. On the other hand, making um, easier to do videos are just easier to do, which which is, I think, the reason why these smaller, like these in-depth videos, the reason why there's not as many it's just straight up because it's hard to find the people that can make this there's less people that's able to make this content there's good, just going to be less videos compared to people who are able to make you know general kind of content well yeah and that's what i mean i want to get those people that like some people like the people i've never made a video in their lives they might have like the talent to make it but they're just not confident enough because they're like oh well it's not even going to do that well because rhythm games are so niche rhythm games are like you know the only type of content that does good is x type of videos so why even bother like that's the mindset i had at one point mm-hmm. it's like do I even have a place as a content creator? And I thought I didn't for a while. I was questioning my own content for the longest time, but I I always heard from people like your first few or even 20 videos can just be, you know, total dumpster fires in terms of view count. So I just kept going until it got me. Like, I'm so stubborn. I'm just not going to stop doing what I'm doing until I get the, until I get the satisfaction I think I want. So... I Whether I was at two, because th- I was at two thousand subs when I made my Through the Fire and Flames documentary, which was like a fifty-minute video, and then it got two thousand views. I was devastated. I thought it was going to be a banger. I mean, somehow it ended up getting views in the future, but I was like, oh my god, it it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then I got really upset, and I said, I said, no, fuck this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a soulless four score progression. I'm gonna make another forty-minute video, and that's gonna do well. And then I just kept going. I just kept going and going, and then I don't know. I just I just kept sticking to what I knew best and what was in my best interest. So whoever is watching this and you think you have the potential to make those types of videos, just do it. Just don't look back. Just like do the research, contact people. Don't be afraid of rejection. And as Nardwar says, just ask for it. Hey, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, your 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 journey through YouTube is so different from mine. <laughs> I questioned my content too, but in a very different way. It's kind of like I look back at my videos and it's, why do I make these? What's the point? And mm-hmm. a lot of time I felt like I was making low-tier content. I know. Because things that I am at least a little bit self-aware that these are not nothing amazing. The only thing that's like worth a grain of salt is maybe at at most the reviews everything else is just it just made it I guess and that's the kind of the slump I had with YouTube last year anyway because I didn't know what to make I guess it's just a lot of the mindset and lifestyle issues I had and this year it is going better I believe I mean ever since I've quit drinking things have been going a lot yeah. better uh, my videos yeah, are good. a lot happier and I know sometimes <laughs> that even right now I still can make really um, <laughs> clickbait content or like lowest denominator content like my grandmother playing right. Osu but I mean, honestly that's, that's fine here and there no like, no it's if, not, if, it's if, not and because, especially if it's genuine it's not because I wanted to clickbait back then back then if I made this video it was definitely for clickbait but now it's because I wanted to that's it yeah you wanted to yeah exactly and yeah. that's that's what I think it, yeah and I think that's what it should be the issue is that there's a lot of people out there who make one dimensional content just like many of my videos maybe they just wanted to that's the issue um but no and i, I think th- and i think that too and that's what i didn't want to come across and i think that's what people were going to assume as soon as i've said what i said mm-hmm. 
That is not what I mean. I definitely think people do want to make those types of videos, but at the same time, I think it can just be unhealthy for the platform, like as a whole in terms of the precedent you're setting, so. I see. I think the wrapping up this area is what we're trying to say, or what you were trying to say was, you want to encourage the people out there who, who could make in-depth content, who could make something useful, something interesting, mm. just do it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, exactly. I'm just repeating what you're saying, but yes. And as for everyone else, even if you're making a quote-unquote brain-dead content, there are still ways to improve these brain-dead content. We might grow a brain cell. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the other thing. There's so much room for improvement for that type of content too. That's another thing I forgot to mention. There's so much room for improvement for that, that you can like make it a bit more unique and have each episode have its own identity. So that's like another qualm I have is like when I watch that type of stuff, I feel like I'm just watching the same video again. But in mm -hmm. other people's minds, I guess, because I just watch content differently than people They're in their heads, it's completely different. It's like they're watching a whole different video to them. But for me, it's like I, I feel like I just watched this video yesterday. <laughs> I think I, I get what you're saying, but in the first place, I don't really watch videos that are similar. I don't, yeah, I don't really watch uh, the videos that repeat, I guess. I'm more interested in what kind of videos do I watch on YouTube anyway. It's all chill <laughs> jazz music. Yeah, there's nothing interesting. Yeah, nothing else here. Oh, eight Amos videos appear in my recommender again. Nice. Oh, it's been like two and a half hours. This is a long one. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but it, honestly, it's great talking with you. It's always very interesting to speak to you because we always have such conflicting opinions. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think that type of discourse is needed. And, you know, I always enjoy talking to people with differing opinions because, or discussing, because I like discussing things with people. It gets ugly when people start to argue. So I appreciate talking to someone who's willing to discuss with me rather than just kind of, like you know, shaking their fist at me, telling them I'm dumb. So Yeah, I get yeah. that. And there's probably, there's probably an abundance of things I said that may have come off as pompous or whatever. And I apologize. I really do if it came off that way. I really do mean it from a place of sincerity. If you've watched my content enough, you know I mean it from a place of sincerity. So I could just be bad at wording stuff, especially since this is live and I'm just kind of speaking off my brain. So again, I appreciate you all for just hearing me out. And I thank Tokaku for having me on here and letting me, you know, have a voice and this type of stuff. So I mean, I'd love to see, you know, some discussion in the comments too. So and I'm always willing to have a discussion myself. I'm really interested so. in how the comments will turn out this time, actually. I don't know. I think they'll be interesting. And that's what I think it should be. I, yeah. I, I love, I just love talking about rhythm games. That's just always how it's been for me. And Whether it's <laughs> negative or positive, I just like discussion. That's why I make so many discussion videos. Yeah, that's that's what I want. I wanted to tell people the most about your channel. The whole, you are not afraid to speak your mind. That's something really admirable. I, we, I may not agree with every single thing you ever have said, ever. But if I never heard you... I wouldn't have known that your point of view existed sometimes, you know? And I think I think that's something to consider. It's even if I don't agree, I learn something new. And it's also really interesting. I think it all started <laughs> with the pausing as cheating video. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was a oh, controversial one. I was a I was a nobody and everyone's like, who are you to say? <laughs> and it was just it was just not good because I had never made like I think I'd made like three videos before that one. I I, I had like almost I had barely had any subs. I mean, and I made this video basically saying that like all these popular players, yeah, those scores aren't valid. And everyone's like, who are you to say? That? <laughs> when I saw your video, I kind of agreed with the title. I agreed with it when I saw it. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> pausing isn't really actually going through everything in one go. I mean, I know my hand slips when it goes down on like when I play on Osu, my hand always freaking slips down the pen and then I can pause yeah. and readjust it. That's cheating than like trying to try to adjust yeah, it while playing. That's, it takes away the It just creates difficulty. arbitrary difficulty. Yes. It, it, yeah. And which shouldn't be. Difficulty shouldn't be arbitrary in that regard. So, and the the title is like clickbaity, but I still stand by it as in like pausing should not be it's rankable. Not, I think it should not. be allowed in Osu. It it shouldn't be rankable. I don't think it's a clickbait title at all. It's 
it's exactly what the video is. Yeah, it's it's just it's a strong it's title. <laughs> That's all. I can pausing do. is cheating. Shirts coming uh, <laughs> maybe in the future. I'm actually thinking about doing that. I'm thinking about making pausing is cheating. I'll shirts. probably buy one. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty cool. It's such a simple concept too that I think it's marketable enough. I think it works in pretty much every other game. Pausing. Yeah, can exactly. Be That's yeah. why. That's, yeah. So like, if I ever plan on releasing VSRG merch, let me know. <laughs> I'll be the first to buy. Yeah, one. honestly, I'm, I'm thinking about buying like a couple hundred shirts and just Ooh. getting them printed. Hey, can, you, can you please put them on a dry fit shirts? Uh, dry fit? Yeah. You know, not cotton, you know, the ones that are like for running and stuff. Those are always we'll check out the costs. Okay, <laughs> we'll, okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to talk to my friend who's uh, supply chain management. All right. Right. Speaking to All you is always so numbers. interesting. Even if we we're not talking about nuanced issues, like let's say the, like, the really long debate about the whole Osu community in the state of content. Even just talking about regular games, our point of view is very different because you are the token simulator, simulator player and I'm the token arcade player. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. part of me is just too cheap to play arcade games, but I also hate how much like I hate how much money I have to pay to play arcade games. Uh, I get that that's the idea of arcades, but rhythm games are in such a unique position to where like a subscription based service I think would fit so much better. I agree. Like you you swipe a card, oh, or like pay 30, 50 bucks a month. Oh, I could play as much as I want. Oh, I think. And oh, if someone says, mm -hmm. hey, I want to play, you know, like general courtesy is that like or. The thing is, like, people would say, oh, well, they're going to hog the machine if they have a subscription because they can play as much as they want. No. If you're just a regular person, you'll say, hey, you can play. That's just how courtesy operates. Yes. So, And a rude person would just use their quarters to suffice. So, like, it's not even an argument when people would be against subscriptions. Yeah. But I, that is an argument I could see being made for it. So I kept that in mind. I just feel like rhythm games and arcades, they shouldn't exist anymore. They should, should just, just bring it home. Just bring it home. Yeah. <laughs> just bring it home. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's fun. The, the arcade... It's Scene, it's fun. Like I, I like how I like very... how it, it makes people get together. That's the one thing I love the most. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's how like all the communities come together. I can't wait for arcades to reopen. I mean, they're like some are like kind of open with like COVID restrictions here in the U.S. But oh my god, it's terrible. It's so bad here. Still, yeah. it's so bad here. We I feel can't bad do anything more or less. Still, no, it's awful. <laughs> I just want things to be back to normal. Right. This is a really long episode. Honestly, it was a huge pleasure having you on. And boy, this is yeah, a it was really great to be on here. This is going to be a very new kind of content i'll be putting on my channel in fact i feel a little nervous because knowing knowing how this podcast has went but i'll take the risk especially since to be honest your, your pure unfiltered opinions without my side of, of speaking i would find it extremely terrifying to put it on my channel but although with all of us discussing completely different viewpoints i feel like it's a lot more like a discussion than just let's say uh dogpiling against like uh, other content creators because right we provide alternatives to each other mm -hmm. so it's, it's always interesting and all i have to say is you guys Please watch this guy. It's really interesting. And um, trust me, a lot of his videos, they don't get as, I would say, heated as this. this. Um, they're usually a lot more structured. And definitely, there's how he... Yeah, this is like he, unfiltered. He is him. unfiltered. <laughs> and he he can capture emotions, hype, and uh, moments in his, the way he speaks and articulate himself so well. So please watch him. And also please check out the other content creators we've uh, mentioned in this video. Even the ones you criticize. Yeah, check them all out. Like, just watch them. It's, yeah. we, we are a community. Everyone's got a taste. Yeah, we are a community. We we do things. We yeah. we support each other. We don't pull each other down. No, and I think every content creator that is making content about rhythm games is, you know, I valid. Think it's every thing. content creator. Because yeah. as long as you're growing the genre, that's all that matters. Which yeah. is what I said about Friday Night Funkin'. Like, yeah, it's kind of tarnishing the depth of what rhythm games have to offer but at the same time it's growing the genre which is a net positive yes always yes. about the net positives <laughs> all about net positives and uh wait i wanted to say something all right okay guys um thank you so much for listening to the both of us and i'll give 
Oh wait, no, mind. I don't want to. I don't want to give away anything. I wanted to give away like five months supporter to whoever managed to count how many times I sipped from my cup. But the thing is, if I do that, I will have to count how many times I sipped from my cup. So I'm. I don't want to find out myself. Not because I don't want to give away money, but because I just don't want to count. <laughs> but if right. you want to score some brownie points with me, please count. I want to find out. <laughs> Anything else you want to add, Ian? No. Um, just everyone out there, just keep doing your thing with uh, Rhythm Game content creation. And if you want to make Rhythm Game content, do it. That's that's really all I have to say. Just yeah. um, don't be afraid. Yeah. And just one very small thing to add. I know it might even derail into an entire new topic, but <laughs> this has gotten really long. I noticed a lot of new newer content creators on Osu. They will try to grow. So they learn about the different ways to try to grow and I realized that going through all these ways to grow they've kind of lost their genuinity in the process I think you've mentioned this earlier before and so in the end if you want to make a video on YouTube uh, for also content or just any video in general please just keep it as genuine as you can you can keep the things like clickbait time thumbnails or like titles or like tags in mind but don't try to cater to anyone just make it you oh you don't have to tell me I'm just gonna yeah <laughs> I, I, I can't make myself make something I don't want to make yeah it's I, I just I, I, I've never operated like that since a, ever since I was I know. a kid so. yeah just the thing is that I know there's a lot of like newer also creators it's just like what you said you know the whole cycle of going over and over it seems that these mm -hmm. people they want to make content but they don't know what to make and instead of finding something from in themselves or something they're interested in they tend to follow the trend instead or like um, the easiest things they could think about of that they think that people might like yeah so that's why I noticed most people's videos they blow up on also also YouTube because they made something new and that goes say with people like Squashy, Kachulu, Mary, myself. What woof woof the OGs? We all made something new that was different, not because we followed someone else. And that's it's true for all the content creators here. And yeah, I think that's it for this video. Thanks for watching. Hey, Aiden, say thanks too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you paused. All right, see you guys.